0: friends This episode was requested by Chris Rogers, one of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling. Have you ever attended a wrestling show only to be accosted by someone accusing you of being a fake fan? Well, not anymore. Now you can prove to anyone that you're a real actual wrestling fan who knows things about wrestling with my exclusive range of wrong wrestler shirts with iconic designs such as John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker, and more. Available now in Unicef, and fitted sizes small to 5XL and if you don't wear clothes there are options for you too. All of the wrong wrestling shirt designs are available on mugs and tote bags so you can prove your wrestling know-how at home or on the go. Get yours today at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash wrong hyphen wrestling hyphen shirts. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash wrong hyphen wrestling hyphen shirts until next time enjoy this our latest episode it's how to sensational sherry
1: Greetings, friends, and welcome to the episode of How to Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling, and we're in for a sensational time here this evening because this episode is all about, in my opinion, the greatest female manager of all time. It is the amazing, sensational Sherry. Hello, everyone. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann, standing up alongside my queen, Joanna Graham. Hello, Hello, Joe. Hello. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well now. You've called me your queen. I know, right? I like that very much.
1: Yeah, sensational Joe Graham, I yeah. call you as well. Mm-hmm. Joe, we're talking about a woman who's considered to be a trailblazer in the world of wrestling, a name who we've seen before on the podcast. If you are on wrestling.com, do check out the related episodes. But who, and more importantly, what is sensational Sherry?
0: Oh, how to describe sensational Sherry? What is she? Is she, <laughs> is she a witch? Is she a queen? Is she some kind of mystical screaming ghoul? <laughs> is she all of those things?
1: She's many of these things and more besides. Indeed. How would you describe the, the, the general look of, of Sherry?
0: That's again hard to do because it changes every single time you see her. But yeah. invariably she's wearing some kind of over-the-top dress that makes her look like a Disney villain mm-hmm. with some kind of fantastical hair with glitter in it and then her makeup is like just unlike any other person in entertainment. She'll have these huge butterfly wings on her face one week and then another week she'll have like the most ridiculous winged eyeliner but like bright purple
1: She sometimes has eyelashes that go all the way up to her scalp somehow yeah. and they're like attached
0: <laughs> She One time she had like this this kind of I don't know, it looked like something growing out of her forehead and then it continued to grow all the way down the side of her face and down her neck.
1: You mean you're basically describing this level of kind of like fantasy and this level of kind of over the topness that oftentimes we don't see from female folks here on How to Wrestling, particularly if we're going back in time where not necessarily women were ever there to be much other than like oh, there's a horrible phrase which uh, Deborah, who's also a female manager, used which was, like, to be a candle for the men. Oh. Like, just to like to light the way, but not too much. Yeah. Not to outshine them, but to be a nice candle. Oh,
0: that's really depressing.
1: I don't think Sherry could be described as a candle.
0: No, but it does accurately describe a lot of the female talent in wrestling at the time. Like, you think of Miss mm. Elizabeth. Perfectly encapsulates Miss Elizabeth. Now,
1: Miss Elizabeth, pretty much wrestling royalty, but as it pertains to, like, what, her look and whatnot, do you think she's, like, maybe... Like, less daring, I guess. You oh, know? yeah,
0: absolutely less daring. Well, Miss Elizabeth is basically the Disney princess to Sensational Sherry's Disney queen villain. <laughs> Honestly, I think Sensational Sherry, a lot of her looks, I think, are designed to be the antidote to Miss Elizabeth. Mm. Like, if you think about it, it's all very royalty-themed. It's all very elegant, but very evil elegant. Yeah. Totally over-the-top, unlike Miss Elizabeth, who's very dainty, very understated in some ways. You know, very classy. Nice. Nice, yeah. yeah.
1: I know that you referred to Miss Elizabeth as the Princess Diana of wrestling. Yeah. Is there some sort of, like, heel princess? I'm not very up-to-date on the royal family, but is there, like, would a that heel? Make,
0: would that make Sherry Camilla? Oh, no. A weird. No, ugh.
1: that's wrong. not that work. That makes Prince Charles macho King Randy Savage <laughs> then, and no one really wants
0: that. Can you imagine?
1: Oh, God. I'm real passionate about rats for the farmers in Lincolnshire, Yeah. <laughs> It's a deep take <laughs> for you right there. So with Sherry, she's someone who we'd seen on a few previous episodes. Do you remember her from, from I mean, Mac? I remember
0: her from Macho Man Randy Savage's episode because obviously she was his manager.
1: Yeah. But do you remember like the first time you saw her like what the kind of were were you shocked that there was a character like this, uh, a woman in wrestling? In the kind of in the eighties or in the earlier years, yes.
0: But I was more shocked that I'd never heard of her. Like she's not someone that WWE would like really mention in our current day product. She never really gets like talked about the way that like other influential women of the time do get mentioned, like mm. um, Fabulous Moolah. Boo. Yeah, isn't
1: it weird to think like when you go back because I love women from wrestling back in those days who. It's it's a bit of a minefield for them. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to forgive WB. It, it, they've made this minefield. but obviously Miss Elizabeth tragic passing. Yeah, they you can't know, talk about her anymore. Can't, I mean, Moola is the one who they want to talk about a lot, but Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, you don't know, don't talk about her. Please not. They've got May Shine, Young. You know, May Young, yeah. I mean, but May was never the big star that they really want kind of to make out retrospectively that <laughs> yeah. she was. She <laughs> wasn't. Like, she was she was a big star later on in her years, and we will actually be doing episodes. May at some point, but me talk about China no. as well. Can we really talk about her unless it's in the context of of DX or yep. whatever? And you know, of course, Sherry as well, another another woman from that time who passed before her time, who they feel less inclined to talk about. So
0: I don't understand why that's the case.
1: I don't know. I just they have no problem really lionizing and really putting up on the pedestal. Wrestlers who are men, or managers who are men, who have died tragically young mm. under incredibly suspicious circumstances. I mean, good lord! I mean, they're still going on about Jimmy Snucko until they really were yeah, told come to stop. On. But with the women, it seems to be a different story. And like, when we put out the tweet for this, I I was expecting like kind of well she's less known because she's a woman from the past. Mm. But I was really taken aback by the level of love and adoration and the amount of tweets, which again shows one of these things where WWE is just kind of trying to, not shuffle someone to the carpet, but just to to de-emphasize parts of their past. Because we don't want to think about The 80s and women because that was when we decided we didn't want to do women's wrestling anymore.
0: It's especially shocking given they will happily talk about Shawn Michaels, Macho Man, Mm -hmm. Ted DiBiase. Like a lot of people who she was really partly responsible for their massive success. And yet they just will handily write her out of that.
1: And I mean, it, to think that you could talk about any of those individuals, especially Macho Man and Shawn Michaels, without talking about Sherry, that's completely ridiculous because she is so important to both of those guys. And we will get into like how she managed to really boost and cement their careers. In the case of, of some people, help their careers get started. Now, wrestling, getting into wrestling back in, in the day. We've, we've talked a few times about people's route into wrestling. Ain't easy. No, not easy. I mean, if you were trying to get into wrestling in the 80s, oftentimes they would do things like try to to kind of prove that wrestling was super tough and you're not tough enough for it. They were very protective of the business. You want to have a guess of what it was like to try to get into wrestling if you were a woman in the in the 80s?
0: Oh God! Are you gonna tell me it's like far worse, probably?
1: I mean, you could imagine, though, right?
0: <laughs> I'm. I don't know what to expect really, because like, I, I don't actually know anything about women's wrestling from this period. We've not really covered anyone who's who's been wrestling. Now, this in the is 80s. true. This
1: is this is the kind of the, the furthest back we've went with women's wrestling. And I have to say, it's been pointed out to me before, uh, way way back in an earlier episode about Trish Stratus. I kind of I downplayed almost the role that women's wrestling played in WWF, especially in the eighties, kind of making out that it wasn't kind of it wasn't a thing. I mean, it was a thing. And I feel very stupid that I kind of pushed that. That's the line that WWE is kind of... That's what they
0: want you to believe. Yeah,
1: and even, like... They look back at it and they don't mention things like the Jumping Bomb Angels or Rockin' Robin or Sensational Sherry. You know, they talk about mool or whatnot.
0: You know what it is, though? It's because they decided they didn't like women's wrestling and they stopped doing it only to bring it back later. How bad does it look for them if they go, actually, we had really successful women's division and yet we got rid of it only to bring it back 20 years later. It looks bad for them. It does.
1: And particularly when they did bring it back it was for, you know, sex appeal and whatnot primarily was the goal. Whereas and in
0: the 80s, it was actually taken quite seriously. Yeah, it
1: was it was competitive stuff. But the women's wrestling was still very much like there were... Obviously, there's still fewer women's wrestlers than there are male wrestlers. It's still a male-dominated industry. It was that times 10 probably back in the 80s. And Sherry grew up in New Orleans, in Louisiana. And she was a fan of wrestling from a young age. She decided when she was 18 years old, she wanted to become a wrestler... And she went to the local matches, and she went she tried to find someone saying how can I get into wrestling? And they said you're you're 18, too young. Come back when you're 21, and only then will we talk to you. No one would even speak to her until she was 21.
0: That's so funny thinking about now how many wrestlers get into it from such a younger age to the 18. 18 isn't even considered old. No, now.
1: 18 is kind of is the year where most folks would get into it. I think. Like yeah. And if you think about. You know, I think I think it's good,
0: to be honest,
1: because you think about Paige, she was taking bumps since she was 12. That's too it's, young, yeah. It's way too young. So I guess there is kind of a, a happy middle ground there. Yeah. So she was told, don't come back until you're 21. She did come back when she was 21 in Memphis and she had $500 to pay for her wrestling training. She went to the head trainer, gave him $500 and he promptly slapped her as hard as he could right in her face.
0: Fucking hell. And
1: she looked right at me, and went, is that all you got? Oh my God. (laughs) So that was the first test to tell if you were tough enough because apparently there was, if you listen to male wrestling trainers from back in those days, there was an epidemic of women wanting to get into wrestling thinking it was easy and a way to become famous. So you had to hashtag protect the business even, you had to protect the business even harder to the point where you literally hand over money and you get an open hand slap. Now, if there's any job, including podcasting, where I were to get slapped really hard at the start, I probably would not do that job.
0: No, I would I would cry and then try and sue them in some
1: way. like...
0: I can't believe people going about, like, oh, intergender wrestling. Ooh, it's so sexist to women. Meanwhile, in the 80s, they were literally abusing women just to, like, get them in through the door.
1: Yeah, I think the, the reality is, is for every person who thinks that they're protecting the business by being super tough... Uh, The reality is, is the $500 or three grand or whatever it it can get up to in wrestling, that money that you collect, that non-refundable deposit, uh, when you slap someone and they decide wrestling isn't for them anymore, that one actually, you you still get to keep that money and uh, (laughs) it, it turns out to be just the same on the books as people who actually have to train and take up space in your gym. So I always wondered if how much of it is protecting the business and how much of it is easy money easy fucking money yeah i mean i I
0: hated that she was like is that all you got
1: that's why that's the thing about sherry though and i think can we talk about that for a second there is something a little bit different about sherry compared to if you compare her to like the likes of a miss elizabeth a very timid force maybe but sensational sherry very much and i hate this phrase one of the boys is what people always used to describe her i'm talking about the men in wrestling who've worked with her they always described her as being like one of the boys i mean how does that sit with you how do you mean? As in like, is that like a shitty thing that the only way you can really kind of make a name in wrestling if you're a woman at the time was to, to try and act like the boys or whatever or do certain things? I
0: mean, yes, it's shitty, but I definitely, I mean, I get it. I've seen it. It still happens today and huge numbers of industries like the music industry for instance mm. you'll get ahead much more if you're one of the lads and what,
1: what does that pertain to If in your mind being one of the guys it's like, one of the boys or it's whatever. being
0: a cool girl it's putting behind your own needs to mm. put forward an image that will sit nicely in the palettes of men
1: yeah now it's very interesting about Sherry that she like, I watched some interviews with her a couple of shoot interviews that she's done over the years and she was asked several times were you ever bullied hazed sexually harassed and she was like "Nope, nope, nope, no one ever tried anything like that with me and i think pretty much from the get-go if your entry point dressing is an open hand slap mm. i think it's pretty much you got to be bulletproof even if you were bullied or harassed or you were you know, the the butt of anything. You couldn't let on, I imagine. You had yeah. to just muscle through and be a badass.
0: And if you're being introduced by being hit full on, full strength in the face in your very first introduction to wrestling, mm. then probably your idea of hazing and bullying isn't really going to be a fair margin compared <laughs> to what a normal person might consider hazing and bullying. Yeah. Like, to me, I would consider a slap in the face hazing and bullying. Yeah.
1: And that's, then there's, there's gatekeeping and then there's gatekeeping. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. But what is interesting about that as well is I think that extends to not just being, um, you know, have a tough skin and all that. But the expectations of, like, partying and going out and being kind of, you know, one of the crew and all that. And, you know, being being someone who can... You know, Sherry was always held up as being someone she could hang with the boys because she could do shots at Mr. Perfect. Keep or up. She could keep up. Yeah. I think... On, sometimes I wonder if that's short-sighted, that kind of idea that you have to kind of keep pace with a lot of wrestlers who we now know had serious drug and alcohol issues. Like,
0: Yeah, it's not exactly something to be proud of. You can keep up with Mr. Perfect of all people.
1: Who uh, used to gargle his shots of Jack Daniel's whiskey before he drank them. That was the Mr. Perfect rule.
0: Duh. So when we talked in
1: our episode about China, we mentioned that when she got wrestling training, it was quite different. There was like a lot of, uh, She was the only woman in the class and she kind of observed a lot. She didn't do... A lot of the drills and stuff because it was known that she would be kind of, she would be more of an attraction in the first instance than someone who's going to be wrestling every week, which she obviously went on to do. But Sherry tells it that when she was getting wrestling training, there was like two or three girls and then there was around a dozen guys and they would actually have more bump training and more circuits to run and more to do than the men. Wow. So the men would do like a hundred back body drops. The women would do 120 or 130. Jeez. And the idea being, again, that only the toughest of the toughest of the toughest women could survive. A, a tough man could survive, but a tough woman wasn't tough enough. You had to be the most bulletproof, toughest motherfucking woman in the planet.
0: Like, I get where they're coming from. Like, I understand they probably felt that they were in a way protecting the women from a horrible industry. But Jesus, it's hard enough being a woman in a male-dominated industry without it then being made much harder comparatively to the men.
1: Yeah, and I don't like this idea of protection where the end point of your supposed protection is, hi, yeah, the cumulative effect of all of the incredibly horrible training you've put me through has made me realise that I can't do it anymore. Thank you for protecting me though. Yeah, thanks. It's really, I really
0: appreciate it. You, you ruined my life dream.
1: I'm, I, 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 I feel like kind of I don't know enough about wrestling training to really comment on that I guess fully. I mean, a wrestling trainer I'm sure would know better about the extent of bump taking and how much it you know, forms how good you'll be at wrestling, but just the idea of, like, if you see Sherry, she's not, like, very broad. She's quite a slender...
0: Oh, yeah, she's tiny.
1: I mean, the the women of the 80s, good lord, we were watching some matches and clips. Yeah. They are a, a slender bunch, let's just yeah, say. Yeah, they're all
0: so tiny. It's, yeah, it's so strange to think now, like... Just the diversity of women. Like I I know it's something I complain about massively with WWE is the lack of diversity, but compared to the eighties, Christ. Yeah,
1: I know, there right? It's just
0: one body shape and that's it.
1: And you got a harder ring and probably invariably smaller shoulders and whatnot and smaller space to take bumps on. It's not particularly nice. So she ended up because all the women dropped out of her camp, she ended up just training with the men then. So she ended up just doing the male wrestling training.
0: So they were successful then. They were so successful protecting the women that yeah. none of them went through except for Sherry. Well,
1: I wanted to protect the business by ensuring that there were no women to, nice. <laughs> to wrestle in the business. Like, God. So yeah, she was wrestling with the men, but many people then said that's kind of one of the reasons why she went so far in her career was that she had a versatility. She... Early on, it was apparent that she had a bit of charisma. She was a beautiful woman. She could wrestle with women, and she could take bumps like a woman as they were saying at the time because the styles are so different
0: by like a woman they mean much harder and better than a man because they're made to do it more
1: yeah but once they came to the matches that they'd be doing in the 80s though they would be taking less bumps than the men they wouldn't be throwing punches it would be a, considered a lighter style because you can't outshine the men it's
0: just a it's, joke it isn't it, is. it it's just so insulting
1: but it worked to her advantage because she could do the stuff with the men it meant that Sherry was then taking you know cross body blocks from fucking Sting in the 90s and stuff like that she could take big bumps from the big wrestlers because she was used to it and she she was thankful for that training but i think we can look back now and be like thankful that's not the case that's how you get in anymore yeah
0: because it's really sad to think of some of the really cool women's wrestlers that could have been successful if they hadn't been bullied and hazed out of the industry
1: yeah that's true i mean i i was told from a guy who i knew who was a wrestler he told me and he, he trained as well and he told me, you tell on the first bump, straight away, you'll know. Like, you'll know from that first bump, if they grimace, if they're like, well, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Again. If you could just tell from the way the body reacts, if it's got this design that it will take it or it won't. So if you can tell from the first bump, I don't know what the point of the extra 20 on top <laughs> yeah. of the 100 is. like."
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems a little unnecessary.
1: So she trained with the fabulous Moolah then, who was... Pretty much the only person, if you wanted to get onto mainstream women's wrestling, she had the whole kind of business ring fenced. And there's lots of it. I mean, have you heard anything about Mula and the, the allegations and whatnot?
0: Something about... Owning slaves, uh, treating her female wrestlers as s- slaves. I, all I know is it's fucking awful. Like, yeah. she is the most evil person in wrestling. And that's an accomplishment considering <laughs> we've right? got Jimmy Snooker and all sorts of nasty bad Vince men. McMahon and yeah. Paul Kogan
1: and a long litany of people. Yeah, some of whom we've done episodes on. So, Muller, the allegations range from completely to an extent of slavery owning the contracts and essentially the careers and the destinies and the livelihoods of the women she trained to abhorrent training conditions allegations of a prostitution ring that she was running on the oh side god it's one of these things where like some of the women who she's trained with have come out and said no nothing none of that happened and some of the women she trained with have come out and have had said something so it's obviously the case that
0: it happened to some and it not to others. to some and not to
1: others. Now, as soon as Sherry mentioned in these interviews and I read up that she had trained with Moolah, I was like, straight away, I had to find out if there was anything. And I found out very, very little, other than the fact that Sherry was kind of earmarked to be a star quite early on, which maybe meant that she was immune to some of the more criminal aspects of the training with Moolah. But they didn't get on. That much I could find out. Really? Mainly because Moolah thought that Sherry partied too much and was too much of a, of a wild child. And she was given the advice from Mula, which was, in wrestling, save your money, stay away from the men, don't ever date the men, and don't socialize with the men.
0: I think, to an extent, that's really good advice. At that time, I think, yeah.
1: What, what extent do you think? Like, So, save your money, obviously, that's a good one. That's a
0: great idea. There's too many wrestlers who partied really hard, spent all their money, and then once they were injured, they couldn't wrestle anymore and they had no way of earning an income and they didn't; they weren't qualified in other areas so that was it, they were fucked.
1: But the union will... Oh, never mind. Wait, there's not a union. Oh.
0: Wait, Hulk Hogan ruined everything for I, everyone.
1: Thanks, Hulk. <laughs> but not socialising?
0: I think not socialising is a little far but I'd say don't date the men. That's good advice. Cause yeah shit happens with the men it's, and you know rumours fly yeah. and people talk stuff and it also at that time it would have reflected really badly I think on any female wrestler yeah you could
1: imagine straight away if you were imagine a situation like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch back in the 80s yeah
0: Becky Lynch would have been accused of sleeping her way to it's the top exactly
1: that's the only way it would have been perceived now we all know Seth Rollins the dirty boy that he is is very much sleeping his way to the oh, top oh yeah you know, obviously you know yeah. <laughs> with his with his long black hair and the glint in his eye. Why do like... you think
0: they call him the architect? <laughs> he's a mastermind at dating his way to the top. Oh,
1: I thought it was because there's nothing sexier than an architect, as we all oh. know, like. But yeah, you're right, he's masterminded his way through here. But I think so like she never she didn't date men in wrestling, but socializing with them. I think that worked to her advantage because yeah.
0: In her case, yeah, because she could keep up, but I think I, I don't know. I think most women wouldn't necessarily have benefit in that way mm. because it's a it's a horrible environment to be in. The men partied too hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm reading Bret Hart's book at the moment. You re-reading had to
0: stop it. and put it down because you were too depressed to continue.
1: Oh boy, the the amount the the drug use, particularly this is the time, like kind of the early eighties to kind of the very early 90s maybe late 80s it was cocaine was the fucking was just the absolute ran through the business like a fucking white vein and then it became somas and painkillers and whatnot and steroids all the way up through until you know depending on what company you're in it stopped with the, the steroid scandal a bit but yeah you're talking about a wrestling industry that had like 20-30 years of heavy drug use yeah. built into the very fabric and nature of it
0: socialise with the men if that man is Owen Hart <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, right? I always listen back to episodes and kind of think, oh, all these people here. Some of them have like some serious kind of personal problems. They seem really wild. Owen's good though. Yeah, I'd want to hang out with him. Then you forget that he's the biggest prankster of them all. Oh, I like. know,
0: isn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a demon prankster. I
1: don't know. I think that would that would set me on a slippery slope. Like, <laughs> you know, I'd be looking for Sandman after that, probably with all the pranks being pulled on me. You know? I mean, he
0: could argue that the pranking is a form of hazing.
1: Yeah, that's true. In its in its own right. It was interesting when she was asked about sexual harassment she said she was never sexually harassed but she said one of the reasons she felt that was was because she was always considered to be important like when she started in the awa she was the woman's champion and she was the manager of like the top heel tag team and then you know when she was in wwe she was the, the women's champion and then she was you know managers of a lot of the big names that we talked about so she felt that she had that kind of protection that people knew if you messed with her you have these guys to deal with. But the best thing about it is, I went and I did some interviews with, like, Ted DiBiase and Shawn Michaels, and the way they told it was, oh, I was really glad to be with Sherry, because if you messed with me, or then you had Sherry on your back. <laughs> so they were kind of, like, thinking, oh, God, thank God, I'm Sherry's with me, because she's watching my back, and Aww, no one's going to mess with me.
0: That's nice, yeah.
1: So, yeah, she was in AWA, which had a lot of the stars, I think we mentioned in her Hogan episode, or Bobby Heenan episode, a lot of the big names from the AWA, Vince McMahon hoovered them up and she was a manager of of the Top Heel tag team she worked with a very young Shawn Michaels her team worked against them she tells a very sweet story but when she met like Shawn was like 18 or 19 maybe young little boy and she would see him and Marty Jannetty planning out their match with wrestling toys backstage and she would say watch these two little boys with their toys and if they could do it with their figures they could do it in the ring they reckoned really? yeah
0: (laughs) That sounds like something that you might have said when uh, you were eight. Yeah,
1: thank God I wasn't wrestling in the AWA, (laughs) because Vern Gagne would have had me out there throwing myself out the window like I threw Shane McMahon like. (laughs) So she got a piece of advice from Larry Zabisco, or she was told by Larry Zabisco, who was one of the, the top guys in AWA at the time, that she was on her way to superstardom. Because, and this is a quote from Larry, with her look, the fact that she could talk, the fact that she could work like a man, Work like a woman and she had an ass like she did, it meant that she had longevity in the wrestling business and she was going to be a star, but she had to be versatile. So that was why I think she realized early on, because there was, even though there was women's wrestling, there wasn't money in women's wrestling, I think, that she had her eyes set on maybe, she didn't have her heart set on being a wrestler first and foremost, which I guess is kind of, that's a smart way of doing things. Mm. I don't know, I did kind of feel it's a bit shitty that you have to kind of like, low, I mean, the idea of coming into wrestling now and thinking like, you can't necessarily wrestle because there's not enough money in it. You have to find another route. That's pretty impressive hustling on her part. Yeah,
0: yeah. Really impressive to be able to look at oneself and realize you have other abilities. But then, to be honest, if I was in that position and I was like, oh, I could become a wrestler, which is really hard, and I have potential for injury, and my career probably won't be very long because, you know, the body can only last so many years yeah, true, yeah. under this amount of pressure and strain oh, I could just be a really good talker and just talk on a microphone and be a big star that way. I mean, it's tempting, isn't it?
1: I mean, if you have that skill, I mean, I always would say, for me, I'd always say, you take the path of least resistance. Yeah. The ones that leaves as many uh, holes unpunched on your bump card as possible, I think, is, is the nice thing to say. So Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body Ventura, who was in AWA at the time, he knew that it was a sinking ship and he liked Sherry and he knew that she was very talented he was going to WWE and he basically got her her job there he got her in touch with with Vince McMahon so she came into WWF the idea was that she was just going to be a wrestler they gave her the women's championship in her first match wow she held it for 15 months and we had already 15? 15. 15 I know but she barely defended it and when she did it wasn't on pay-per-view or anything like that she wasn't like Sherry never wrestled on a Wrestlemania or anything right. like that as a single star. As the women's champion.
0: Did any women?
1: Uh, yes. Moolah did. I believe.
0: But not the women's champion.
1: Yeah. Moolah was the women's champion. I think in the first WrestleMania. And she right. wrestled there. But yeah. It's. it's It was. think think. Obvi- she was happy that she was working with WWE. But it was obvious that they were giving her the belt. And they didn't really know what they were going to do with it. And they certainly didn't have any plans with her. She did a Survivor Series match uh, that happened. She was a face. It's really weird to think of Sherry as being a good guy. Yeah. But again, even though she was against Moolah who is obviously so evil that anyone seems like a face in comparison. It's a <laughs> Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine vibe, yeah, I if guess. you're against
0: Moolah yeah. you just have to be a face.
1: I'd never seen much of Sherry wrestling. And we had a few people say, you know, we had a lot of people send us recommendations and stuff. Not a lot of match recommendations. I think it's safe to say that people didn't really necessarily remember sherry as a wrestler first and foremost but we went and we found some ones that were well received and our first match is sensational sherry who's now heel defending her wwf women's championship can you describe when we saw it in this match what the championship actually looks like
0: i'm sure it was tiny oh, it's so small i don't remember what was on i don't know if i could see what was on it because it was so small
1: it was a very very small kind of palm of violet colored strap on it and it looked like a big belt buckle. I mean,
0: it looks cute. I would wear it. Yeah. But I wouldn't want it as a championship.
1: No, it's it's very much... I mean, I know they don't like to use the word belt, but it's very much yeah, a belt. So. like a belt. So, our first match we decided to look into here is Sensational Sherry defending her championship against Rockin' Robin, one of the big names in women's wrestling from the 80s. This is from Primetime Wrestling in 1988. And if you don't know if you remember, Primetime Wrestling was essentially... The Bobby and Gorilla Smile Time Variety Hour, and this one is coming to us from Paris, France. Yes. Now this is an odd place for a championship match to take place. Why? I don't know. It's the '80s, Paris.
0: Yeah. Well, what's the deal?
1: I don't know. It's guys. So I'm, I'm not used to WWE. I knew they toured around and all that, but i did not used to doing like television from another country back in the, the 80s. It was like hearing Bobby and Gorilla commentate over a French crowd was just not something I'd heard of before. It was really, I liked it a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like, huh. it was a very interesting looking arena. It was very, very different to the standard American one. There was like a lot of lights in the air and whatnot.
0: It was very glow.
1: Yes, it did have that vibe, didn't it? Like
0: almost like Vaseline had been rubbed onto the lens.
1: <laughs> there was kind of like a, a, a purplish hue to everything yeah. as well. It was excellent.
0: Now, listen, you mentioned when we were watching this match that they didn't really want women's wrestling mm. at this time. Yeah. So, my question to you is why bother having a women's championship if they've already decided that they don't want women's wrestling?
1: I think, honestly, some of it is probably to do with the relationship between Mula and Vince McMahon Sr. And as that relates to Vince McMahon Jr. Because I think we mentioned in our Vince episode, when he took the reins from his dad, there was a lot of people who was kind of like, you know, the Sopranos, that you have to give the envelope to certain people. And there was a lot of people in Vince Sr.'s inner circle and was like, you gotta keep Chief J Strongbow. You gotta keep these certain people in the inner circle this is how this business in this territory works and if you don't want there to be an uprising in new york you kind of had to keep things going so i always assumed it was mula was one of those people and part of that circle and i think it was a case of we'll keep this relationship going mula trains and inverted commas wrestlers mula is basically on tv as often as she is but it was obviously winding down at this point i would say by 86 87 women's wrestling like by 1990 it was gone wow you know actually by 1989 i could say even it was gone to the point where i was really excited about looking at this match because i thought well they're in paris which means that it probably isn't an event where there's lots of other people like hogan or macho man so they're going to get a bit of time and it's not on a a wrestlemania or summer sam so they're not going to get shoved into 10 seconds You know, a lot of sherry's matches were like 60 seconds or less folks it was really shitty this is a good long match so I was excited about it but I've in the interview I watched with Sherry she was like I was scared for my life before this match and it's like why it's like because they told me I was going to drop the belt and usually when you drop the belt that meant that you were done.
0: Oh God that's sad and true. Yeah
1: so she thought in this match this is probably going to be her last appearance and she'd be told you're out the door then after this one. Oh. Now sensational Sherry a fantastic look always as a manager as a wrestler, what did you think to her, her outfit, her stylings, her entrance gear?
0: The only thing I remember about her outfit at this point, because it's not anything like her later looks when she's known as a manager mainly. Mm. She's not full Disney villain at this point. In fact, she's wearing like Seinfeld's puffy shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> And she had a, she had nice uh, sparkly singlet on as well, you know. While I'm most about ladies wrestling, as it was called here at the time, was that they came out with women with little signs in their names done in glitter behind them as well. Yeah. That was so glow. Fucking hell.
0: Bobby mentioned that um, it's unfair that the women don't get a a man to hold a placard for them. Because the men get women, but the women get women as well.
1: I love, this is not, this happened a few times in our watchings, folks, where... Lines of heel commentary, where it's like, "Man, I want there to be equality." Uh, <laughs> Get out of here, you weasel!
0: Weasel!
1: <laughs> 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 They're dancing around the women's in a weasel suit But I just want there to be equality. Get out of here, you rat! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I did not anticipate much from this. I thought this would be low impact. I thought, God, if women's wrestling in the year 2000 was was as bad as it was with the no punches surely it's going to be hideous here that there's going to be nothing in this match and the crowd's going to be bored. And i, I that was my prejudice against this match.
0: I was quite excited for this match. Now, I wouldn't say very excited. I didn't really know what to expect. But as you said, after our Trish episode, we had quite a few people go, come in and say, women's wrestling was great mm. in the 80s and earlier even. It was taken quite seriously and it's only in the 90s when it actually got... Kind of written off.
1: And diluted and yeah. just kind of transformed into something else, yeah.
0: So i say I was definitely intrigued as to what this would look like. I didn't really know if it would be hard-hitting, per se, but I thought it'd at least be different to women's wrestling in the 20 years prior.
1: Yes. I mean, I would definitely say this match was not hard-hitting, but it fucking blew me away. I loved this. I was completely... Blown away by it. I, I didn't anticipate this at all, and this is me going in with with rock bottom expectations of thinking, "Oh, WWF aren't going to present." And I guess it was it was less me were thinking like, "Oh, the, the the women couldn't wrestle." I didn't think that. I was more thinking on the lines of WWF won't allow these women to present a contest. They will put such handcuffs on them or tell them that they can't do certain things, which will mean that the match will be difficult for them to pull off
0: so first off we have bobby and gorilla monsoon mentioning on commentary that they have a bit of a bet going on this match and if robin wins bobby has to pay for dinner but if sherry wins gorilla monsoon pays and this is important because they'll refer back to this later on in the match pretty
1: much throughout the match uh, what i liked most about it was that gorilla monsoon was making out that it was a sure thing that Rock and Robin was going to win this match because they were making like Sherry is the total like wimp heel in this. They're like she never defends her belt, you know. Like they're making out that Vince not wanted to book women's wrestling is because Sherry is lazy canonically, like you yeah. Know. So
0: they had it was what twenty nine days since she'd last defended the yes. belt, and so they, she had one more day to defend it before it was going to be taken away from her. You, so she was only defending it because it would be lost anyway.
1: You really like that little kind of wrinkle about the the time yeah. limits.
0: I think we could kind of do with that for Brock Lesnar.
1: Had you not heard that before about the the thirty days you have to defend your belt? That was like re that was a thing that was used all the time. It's
0: such a good idea. It really helps the narrative keep going. Yeah,
1: and Brock really ruined wrestling yeah that was that was the thing which I'm pretty sure as soon as Brock came around they was like we will never mention this again ever 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 but I love the idea even if it's on a house show or in a show in France or somewhere else I like that idea that you're the champion and there's a responsibility you have to arrange a defense of your title at some point but, yeah, it's really funny, though, because Bobby and Gorilla the whole time, like, Bobby's getting more and more nervous and tries to kind of downplay the meal. And Gorilla's like, you're going to be taking me out for a banquet. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to take you to McDonald's I'll get you some McNuggets. He's like, <laughs> oh, no, if I go to McDonald's, I'm going to have two double cheeseburgers and lots of McNuggets. It's like, no, 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 you'll have a kid's <laughs> meal, you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> lots of McNuggets. I
1: loved sherry's selling in this yeah it was really good i loved that every time she got caught out as like she was doing the classic heel thing of like she always pointed to her head making it that she was super brainy and like a second she got the slightest bit of advantage she was like aha i'm so smart and then invariably she would get hit or slammed to the mat and would let out a comical yeah
0: there's a lot of screaming in this (sighs) i love
1: Love love that screaming. It's so fucking funny. In fact,
0: my first top spot of this match was Sherry screaming at the referee. I think the ref counted to 2 when um R- Robin kicked out of the pin, yeah. and she screamed at him then. There's
1: something about her scream. And I've mentioned this with Kyrie Zane has got it as well, but it's much more dark energy than Kyrie Zane. But Sherry lets out a scream like a child who's had too much jam tart at a birthday that has really ran its course and went off the rails. Yeah. Like Sherry's there in her special dress at her sixth birthday party, face covered in jam, kicking over presents. (laughs) Uh, Please stop. We'll give you toys. (laughs) I like Sherry's gas-like hair.
0: Yes, there was a lot of effective hair pulling in this match. And I think both women had quite effective gas-like hair. So it looked really, really, really cool when you see them grab it and throw each other around.
1: It's very much like that's that's women's wrestling and WWF at this time. They, they like the hair pulling. That was the, that was part of the package, I think.
0: What I like about it is it's not sexualized Because in later on women's wrestling, hair pulling became a big thing again. And it was used as like a sexy kind of, ooh, I pulled hair in a cat fight. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just like... Okay, why would you get off on women pulling each other's hair, you fucking freaks? Get a life. Well, I don't know. I just get off
1: on Mick Foley pulling his hair out as mankind. Because that's (laughs) some sexy stuff, like.
0: (laughs) We had some questionable commentary from Bobby throughout this match. I knew
1: this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen.
0: After our episode originally on Bobby Heedon, I was like, wow, I love his commentary. It's so good. I mean, sometimes he takes it a bit far, but I love it. Hadn't seen him on a women's match at that point.
1: Yeah, and that's... And that's like, um, that's very much like, the, probably the the case for most people, because I don't think many people have watched the random episodes of primetime wrestling or Saturday night's main event where they happen to have mm. women's wrestlers on. I, I think folks have, but they're it's probably not what people check out by and large. They're in the minority. So yeah.
0: Some choice quotes. He calls Rockin' Robin the ultimate bimbo.
1: That's, <laughs> so she runs out to the ring at the start. And he's like, "Oh, like the Ultimate Warrior, that makes her the Ultimate Bimbo." Now I would challenge that and say that the Ultimate Warrior is also a bimbo. You know, right, she's uh,
0: th- blonde, unlike Rock and Robin. <laughs> oh, it's so
1: fucking stupid! Like... It's just
0: an excuse to call a woman stupid. It is,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Another choice quote: "She's not gonna tell you. She's a woman. She's a liar." <laughs>
1: Cool, Bobby Heaton, uh, all women are liars. Uh, that's uh, now, that, now, just to think, though, that's 1988, you mm. know? Nearly 20 years later, all women hate each other, says Booker Eva. Yeah. you know? <laughs> Fucking hell.
0: Not good. Another one, though, that did actually make me laugh was Bobby saying, imagine coming home late to dinner to her, referring to Sherry. <laughs> and it was the mental image of coming home late to Sherry, but in her character, Sherry. <laughs> <gasps>
1: It's ruined! <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that was a That was a pleasing image I believe Bobby Heenan On some other clip we watched Said of Sherry Imagine her coming out of a cake at your birthday party. (laughs) Which, again, in full sherry garb, her smack... (gasps) Like, she wouldn't come out the top. She'd come through and... ruining ah, the cake. No one can get a slice. It's all in her hair. There's glitter (laughs) all in the frosting. How glittery is sherry as well? Can we talk about that?
0: It's very glittery, yeah. I don't know how she puts it all in her hair and it stays there. Yeah, that's like...
1: I mean, there was a point where she was thrown to the outside and I looked down at the mat and the mat was just, like... A, a, it was like someone had made a glitter painting or something. There was so much glitter on the ground. I quite like that. She covers every inch of her body in glitter. Mm. Like, I imagine when she went to the toilet, some glitter must have come out. There's no way there's not glitter in her system.
0: Yeah, imagine showering after a match when you wear that much glitter.
1: <laughs> it's just like burp and glitter comes out. Like, <laughs> or something. Fucking hell. I'll tell you what made this really enjoyable, this match. And I think it it harkens back to a bygone era. And I think the 80s is a bygone era in many senses for fans being so family-friendly and, you know, engaging and very forgiving and just, like, wanting to cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy. And take that to France, where they're probably not seeing a lot of American-style wrestling. This crowd is fucking amazing yeah
0: they're on fire they're so into it every little thing
1: that they do the crowd roar their appreciation yeah there's so many times where like sherry's caught in a move like she's up on the ropes and she's you know she's trying to get out of a submission hole the referee's like one two three and she's like let, make her let me go and then they, she lets her go robin and then she bumps to the mat and the crowd like literally you can just hear everyone laugh yeah and that's amazing it, it that's when wrestling's at its purest. It goes beyond language barriers, all that. I fucking love that. It's so, so great and pure.
0: My second top spot coming up now was when Sherry was in the full Nelson and she reversed it right back into another full Nelson again, only to then scream at the top of her lungs. <laughs> It's very funny to see.
1: Screaming is underutilised in We've said this and in, 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 in yep. mouthing off generally. We've said this many, many times. Mm-hmm. Stop being so fucking goddamn quiet, everyone.
0: Yeah, take a leaf out of Sherry's book. Scream make- a little.
1: Yes, make some noise.
0: Speaking of, this match was funny. This was a funny match like, yeah. in ways I did not expect it to be. I thought women's wrestling at this time would be kind of quite serious. And I don't know, I guess a lot of the stuff from GLOW I kind of thought was, was just... Just to glow. Yeah,
1: glow had the campy stuff. Yeah, and that was that. They had the
0: silly characters. That was very much their gimmick at the time. I kind of assumed that WWF at the at this period would be much more like women are expected to be kind of taken a bit more seriously. Yeah. And- well, the way they like
1: to always break it out, it's kind of like, oh man, you see them women back in the '80s. I mean, they were tough, man, but whoo, man, they weren't they weren't easy to look at. And then the Attitude Era came around, and everything became sexy. And it's like, no, actually. The women back then were both beautiful and incredibly athletic. And honestly, I want to look into some more of the women from this period because there's all sorts of shit that was pulled on, on the women at this time. You know, we're gonna be talking about the Montreal screw job at some point. One of the women's wrestlers from this time had a very similar thing happen to them as well. No one really talks about it as much. They weren't treated with respect by the office, I feel, all the time. But here they're showing that they can fucking do it. And I loved it. Sherry bumps her ass off in this. Like, seriously, she floats. She has this big, massive floating back bump. And I love it. It's fantastic. The French crowd come alive, as Gorilla Monsoon says. The French crowd, they're on their feet. They're chanting something. <laughs> <And> <laughs> what then, were they
0: chanting? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't oh, of make course, they're, they're French. They're we French.
1: And uh, unfortunately, my French did not extend beyond uh, my junior certificate. So I'm not bone at it, which I believe means good.
0: I wish I knew enough French to say this is wrestling in French. Hey Google, how do you say this is wrestling in French? In French, that's c'est la voûte. C'est la voûte, easy. C'est la voûte. C'est la voûte. I definitely knew that and I didn't have to ask Google. Cut out the bit where I asked Google.
1: Hey Google. What's fight forever in French? <laughs> nah, I'm not going to bother that. Nah. <laughs> nah, you know what, guys? I actually don't think that's a good quote. I don't like... I think it's disrespectful to the performers. Everyone Maybe, hates that chant anyway. Everyone hates that chant anyway. On, I need a so. break sometime. Get an amazing sunset flip out of the corner, which I absolutely loved. And then a top row bulldog by Rockin' Robin to Sherry. Did I expect to see that? And Robin picks up the win and the WWF Women's Championship.
0: My final top spot happens immediately after Robin gets the pin. Yeah. When Bobby Heenan doesn't say a word, he just vanishes. (laughs) He just fucking runs away so he doesn't have to pay for dinner.
1: I mean, come on, he was only going to order some Chicken McNuggets, man. I mean, he to live up to it.
0: Guerrilla <laughs> Monsoon says he's got his henchmen there waiting <laughs> so he won't be able to escape.
1: So this match is actually available on the network as part of the Women's Evolution playlist that they put together. And for me, it was eye-opening in terms of seeing that, yeah, Sherry, known as a great manager, was a very, very, you know, this, this is a really fun match, very, very capable performer, Rock and Robin as well, and... Yeah, I can only apologise for the misinformation in that Trish episode and my downplaying of it. That was total bogus. A Trish revisited episode, probably well long overdue on the Patreon page, and we'll we'll chat more about it then. But how did you find your first match with Sensational Sherry, Joe?
0: I loved this match, compared to what I expected from this era of wrestling. Like, I know this era of wrestling is, is different from the current day product, and I... I don't mean that in necessarily a bad way, but because it was also a women's match, I just didn't know what to expect. But this match... Had comedy, it had great vocalisation, which I love, it had genuinely fantastic wrestling, like stuff I would expect to see in a current day match, Mm. if not even better. It was
1: surprisingly fast paced. It was, it
0: was really fast paced at points. I really enjoyed it, I gave it three and a half stars out of five.
1: Nice! So, shortly after this match, Sherry was greeted by Miss Elizabeth, who informed her that they were going to be involved in an angle as Macho Man was getting rid of Elizabeth, turning heel, and they were going to do a storyline where he was going to pick Sherry Martel to be his manager. She was the only... Fe- other than Miss Elizabeth, obviously, she was the only female manager in WWF at the time. Wow. And that was considered to be, like, kind of a big thing, because this is the point, like... In the career this is after he's won the world heavyweight championship this is after he's feuded with hulk hogan this is after ricky steamboat like this is when matchman is firmly not just considered to be one of the best athletic competitors in the world he's also one of the biggest box office draws he had a year on top with the with the world championship so for him to request specifically that sherry is the way to go That was really, really huge. So that means
0: Mike Man was the only wrestler in the WWF to have a female manager. And he had two of them.
1: Yeah, I had two of them. I mean, of course, other people had female managers then. But those people were invariably people who Sherry managed. So yeah, Sherry was really... And Sherry wasn't a valet. And I think that's important. I mean, no disrespect to Miss Elizabeth. But a valet is there to kind of come out and point at them. Take the jacket. Not
0: necessarily say much.
1: Not necessarily say much. And not to be involved as a character in the matches. And Sherry said what she loved most about working with all of the men she was then paired with was that they were all incredibly generous and they all knew that because Sherry was a professional, they could say, do whatever you want in the match because they knew that Sherry would never do too much. She would never distract from their performance. She would always kind of compliment the performance. So she's going to get put with Macho Man who's in the phase of turning into a macho king. And she makes the decision that she's going to have to look as different and as opposite as possible to Miss Elizabeth.
0: So it's as I said, she is the anti-Miss Elizabeth.
1: Yes. So if Elizabeth is demure, then you're going to have Sherry being outrageous. If you have Miss Elizabeth being... Quiet and peaceful, then you're going to have Sherry being loud and chaotic. And I think chaos is a really good word yeah. to describe the pairing of Macho Man Randy Savage and sensational Sherry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They have such powerful chaotic energy.
1: <laughs> this kind of puts into perspective the relationship between the two of them. And what I was loving about it, and I only found this out from from the research and the interviews with Sherry, is that the three of them work together on all of this stuff. Like, And there, it was kind of a team effort it wasn't like sorry elizabeth me and your husband are going to go off and do fun stuff now they were still all together doing this stuff now i was a bit concerned about randy's controlling nature let's just say
0: yeah because in our episode on macho man we found out that he didn't treat miss elizabeth with much respect no he was very controlling
1: yes routinely locking her in rooms you know locking him in or locking her in their home saying you've got seven dinners for seven days oh God, you know, let, so you know sad. It's being controlling and, and sherry was asked about it and she said that it was like it was really sad because he obviously loved her but when you love someone in that kind of scary compulsive way you can't see what you're doing i don't think he realized just how fucking scary he was being but on one of the first nights they were all together he walked out. He's like, oh, I'm off to the match now. I'll see you guys later. And he locked the door behind and left Sherry in the room locked behind.
0: So he just locked them both in. Locked them
1: in. And then Sherry like went up to him straight after. He's like, if you ever lock me in that room again, I will punch you. Like she was completely never do that. Ever, 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 ever. And they, he never did that. He never tried to do that. But it was just interesting that he tried to do it with With her, with Sherry. God,
0: he's such a strange, controlling, manipulative man. It's so, oh.
1: And that's very revealing. It's not just Elizabeth he tried to do it. He tried to do it with Sherry as well. But Sherry was like not having any of that stuff.
0: And it's surprising that he even tried to do it to Sherry because she's such a strong presence. Like you'd think it would be so obvious that she wouldn't put up with that shit
1: yeah and that like, he wouldn't have even
0: tried but obviously there's something about women to him that is just like no gotta lock him in a cupboard
1: yeah it's i, I understand if he's like because he is you know he's the 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 main event performer and stuff like that i think he feels like a sense of ownership almost i'm not sure what it Gross. is but it's controlling and it's fucking weird it's scary and it is i think what if
0: there'd been a fire
1: yeah right you're locked in a fucking Sorry, I locked her in the room because I thought that was... I love you so
0: much. I thought it was more important that you'd burn to death than you have any sense of freedom.
1: It's so fucking weird. But yeah, I just thought that was worth mentioning. That's worth bearing in mind. I don't think you and I have got a a macho man, Elizabeth energy. uh, But I do think we have a bit of a macho king, Queen Sherry energy to our relationship. I only
0: very occasionally lock you in rooms. (laughs) Just when you've been very bad.
1: (laughs) So the promos with Sherry and macho man we sat down one afternoon and i think we just popped on a playlist and i think we, if we watched a dozen we watched two dozen we yeah. did do so many of them and this is what i love about promos back in the day you get the playing background it's 60 seconds what's the match what's the feud sell us on the next thing the show the pay-per-view and fucking hell what did you think of these oh,
0: i loved them it's it makes me sad in a way to see how far we've come from this era of promos because I do believe this is a golden era of of promos. Now we have people talking awkwardly to interviewers. Mm. There's no looking at the camera. There's none of this kind of like talking directly to the audience anymore. You're,
1: that's you're right. That is such a thing. How many times do you see Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns with their head down, talking, talking like, to a very talking small, talking to a person. very tiny view. Where is you think about all those God, I've never considered that. You think about all of those wrestlers, and they would look stone cold, Hulk Hogan, whoever are top guys. They look straight down that mm-hmm. lens right into your fucking soul and, and it's sell really, you. It's pretty really
0: powerful. It is.
1: You're right. Yeah. And
0: as well, it allows for a lot more creativity within within the confines of what they have. So I loved one of the one of the promos we watched with Sensational Sherry and Macho Man was they both had their back to the camera. And I loved Matt about Macho Man when we did his episode, but her coming along and then doing that as well. Yes. And then just having a conversation together. You can't see their faces. And it's like, it's so powerful because you're so used to them looking directly at you. For so them to do the opposite of that is like really like, oh what's going on here this is so strange and unusual yeah I, I like something.
1: they take turns where her back was turned him yeah. there and then he <laughs> turned around spinning and then she turned <laughs> you know we talked a lot about Randy's insane energy in, in his episode and he was put with a lot of folks you know in his career you know obviously he was Mr. Elizabeth he was in the NWO he had Team Madness at WCW but everyone always struggled from either trying to keep up or at least you know get anything in while randy was there it worked with miss elizabeth because you had this very calm presence looking lovingly at this she was just madman. A, a
0: pretty face basically to kind of offset very strange looking macho man it,
1: it works together in, in harmony but sherry is there being all the same chaos energy shouting madness it
0: should be too much but it isn't It's something about sherry's ability to enhance the talent she's with she just sort of feeds off it and then feeds it back to him she yeah. does the same kind of over the top hand movements the, the scary eyes the
1: hands are always moving yeah. I love that the f- she's got the weird fingers and all that I just love these ones I mean obviously the promos themselves and the verbiage is is absolute fucking insanity but the looks and the costumes you got Randy doing the macho King thing so he's wearing all the the vibrant cowboy jackets and all that and what's really cool is that it was quite collaborative. They would work together, you know, with the King and Queen costumes to make them kind of compliment each other. You know, he'd wear gold, she'd wear purple and kind of work well together. They had a great eye for it. But man, some of the looks, there was one of the promos where they were talking about a match Randy Savage is going to have with Jake the Snake Roberts. And Sherry is scared of snakes.
0: Oh yeah! So she has her back to the camera this time because she's scared of snakes. And she's like going, no, I hate snakes! <laughs> refusing to turn around. And Macho Man has to kind of like spin around her to try and get her to look at the camera. He's like, I promise I'll protect you. And he's like, You're not
1: scared of snakes. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You're not scared of snakes. Yeah! And she's wearing, like, what appears to just be a regular kind of gown. You can see the back of her face. She's got the sherry makeup. But when he spins her around, the makeup is kind of gone from her eye. It's just like a like jiggly puff. It's went. Yeah. She's got this crazy jagged line all over it's her all face.
0: over her face. And that's, I think, the one that goes down her neck as yes. well. Yes.
1: And she's just, like, wiggling around, her fucking crown falling off because she's, like, screaming about snakes. And it's like, wow. Like, the look matches the energy so fucking well and i adore it
0: it's so far from where we are now though yeah you you wouldn't get an nth of that chaos in a in a a modern product
1: is it because it's only ever 60 seconds or less that this never kind of becomes too much
0: no i don't think that's fair at all i don't think it matters about how long it is it's the fact that they have to do this silly sports entertainment style of like, oh, we have to make it seem serious mm. and like actual competitors. So they have to have these interviewers dressed very nicely and they have to be in front of this zone or a red velvet curtain. It's yeah. always exactly the same thing again and again. They're always talking very seriously. They're even saying the same things over and over. It's yeah. boring.
1: I mean, that's what happens when you... When someone's too scripted. You know, people always talk about kind of scripted promos are bad. Because you won't get iconic stuff like Austin 316. Or you know Dusty Rhodes classic promos. Like They always mention the iconic promos. But it's almost more important for the smaller promos. Because we watched like dozens and dozens. A few of them were like. You know people once think, oh make sure you watch this one. But so many of them were just. You know, every day run-of-the-mill promos, but they're all great, and yeah. I think that's the more important thing: is that the average thing, not just the standout moments. That the average thing you can really sink your teeth into and really enjoy. Can
0: you imagine nowadays being like, yeah, let's line up some modern promos to watch <laughs> over and over, and let's watch like a whole hour of them? You wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't want to watch more than one.
1: That's true. Yeah, they're they're very they're hard to digest.
0: But you can totally binge the promos from this time. They're so watchable. I mean, we watched. All of the ones we could come across with her and Macho Man, all of the ones with her and Shawn Michaels, all the ones with her and Ted DiBiase, even her and Harlem Heat. Yeah. Like, they're all great in their own way and every single one was totally unique in terms of visual appearance but also what they were saying and
1: none of them had a script they were probably just whispering near beforehand make sure you mention this match this is the date this is the arena and that was probably it like wow. you know that that's the script there you know let the professional wrestlers do their fucking profession you know
0: like i get the need for scripts with certain wrestlers who haven't got the ability to improvise i don't think it's fair to say to everyone right you've got to just improvise everything yeah that's just we we expect that of you not everyone's going to be good at that but for those who can or want to try why not let them Mm.
1: i heard this suggestion a while ago i think chris jericho said on his podcast and he was like once a show every show you should pick a random wrestler on the roster doesn't matter if they're a main eventer, storyline, no storyline. And you give them a microphone, you say, go out to the ring. You have five minutes. That's it. Say whatever. Do whatever. Get yourself over. And in front of the crowd with a microphone. I think that's a trial by fire, to be yeah. sure. If it's a tape show, you don't necessarily have to air it. But maybe it'll help the talents get a little bit less trepidatious about it. I don't know. It, it feels like it's... When you see this classic stuff, you can't help but feel there's something wrong with the way things are going currently. Like. Yeah. What was your favourite Sherry look from the Macho Man promos that we watched?
0: Oh. Oh. I mean, we
1: could, we could take some of the, the matches and stuff we saw as well, if there's any particular one.
0: I think my favourite one, then, if I'm allowed to include matches as well, is from our next match that we're going to be covering. Okay. Where she's wearing a purple dress <laughs> with a really high angular neckline that makes her look exactly like the evil queen from Snow White. Yes. She looks like such a villain.
1: She looks like she's got a heel mirror somewhere in the yes. back. Like. <laughs> yes. I think my favourite one is just because like, she obviously wore a lot of the ball gowns and the tiaras and stuff. But she changed it up so much. There's a great one where she's just wearing like this fucking power suit. This like purple blazer with the big shoulders. And just two thirds of her face oh, is yeah. pure purple. And it just she looks fucking like something from an anime. Yes, it's definitely. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. So good. And I will be remiss. We mentioned a lot about Macho King and, and Sherry. And they had a very special chaotic energy. But there's one other individual that can make that chaotic energy even more chaotic. And I did show Joe the few I could find the promos of that very special trio of Macho King Randy Savage, Sensational Queen Sherry, and Zeus.
0: <laughs> Zeus, who never seemed to say much. Uh, 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 <laughs> he was just there with his Z on his head. Yep. And his big eyebrow
1: i did show joe the cauldron promo yes yeah they're very very important with all the madness where they're basically doing lord of the rings like look into the mirror what will i see you will see
0: many things miss elizabeth where are you miss elizabeth are you afraid
1: the one i really wanted to show joe which is very special to me is, is the promo before the cage match that they have and you've got zeus and macho man with a very obviously single panel of the steel cage wobbling <laughs> back and forth, and Sherry climbing up and down as Macho Man is just going full hell for leather, drenched in sweat, and Zeus just going, Aah! and Sherry's just climbing up and down in a fucking fully sequined, ruffled feathers yeah. ball game, climbing up and down a cage, is going, You don't know where I'm going to be, Hogan. You don't know where I'm going to be. <laughs> oh there my gosh. a
0: couple of those that we saw where she climbed up cages it was one with we watched with uh with rick Ric flair, flair yeah <laughs> and he kept on trying to pull her down like, not, not down. yet no <laughs> she literally climbed up and then went upside down the other side
1: there's something about Ric Flair in his Sunday best behind the cage going, Ah!
0: Is that what that was, his Sunday best? He looked like a toddler. He's just
1: wearing as a kind of, what he'd wear to the golf club, you know, like He's nice... t
0: t-shirt. ...and
1: tan slacks and Sherry in full Kiss Demon mode, like just going, Ah! <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And yes, our next match, uh, one of the, uh, one of the standout moments, I think, a great moment from Sherry and Macho Man's career together. obviously, The most important moment and the best moment is from Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior. We have obviously covered that match. I would make sure to go and check out our Macho Man episode for full details on that. What did you think of the promo though between um, Sherry and the Ultimate Warrior? People love that one. They say it's a real standout performance from Sherry where she managed to get a storyline out of the Ultimate Warrior by propositioning him.
0: It hasn't aged very well. No. The whole seducing a guy to get him to do what you want is very cliche.
1: Kissing him on the chest. Uh, yeah, it wasn't
0: my bag. Yeah. I see why people like it. It was very well done considering the material. But
1: and Yeah, very different from what was on TV at the time, I guess. If it's very... Hulk Hogan cartoon someone being seduced yeah but when you've seen the
0: attitude era it's kind of like yeah okay yeah I've got that five times this week on Raw so I don't really need to see it again
1: although next time I'm asked for anything I don't want I'm going to give a fully throated Ultimate Warrior
0: no that was the best bit that was her going no him saying no in seven syllables
1: I like that she sold the no though like it was a fucking like a move like so, yes, our next match comes from the beautiful time between Sherry and Randy together. This is from WrestleMania Six as the Macho King, Randy Savage, and Sensational Queen Sherry take on the common man and the common woman. It's Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire, baby. Now, Joe, have you ever seen anyone as sweet as Sweet Sapphire?
0: She's so sweet, Sapphire. It's such a shame that, like... She was just decided to be plucked from... Where was she
1: plucked from? She worked backstage. I think she was like worked in the either makeup or something, but they didn't go to the performance school no, or whatever. It, it seems
0: a bit sad that it's like, you know, there, there, there should be more diversity of both race and, and body shapes in wrestling. Mm. And, you know, if more women who looked like her were given opportunities, I think wrestling would be a better place. And instead they just go, nah, it's just funny if we get someone who's never had any training. So, I mean, I admire Sapphire greatly for doing this because, fuck me, I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, seriously, go fucking wrestle and Wrestlemania. No yeah. training, like, you know. <laughs>
0: Taking spots and doing wrestling, actual yeah. wrestling moves she does in this match.
1: I don't know, it's, I mean, we'll, we'll do a, you know, chat about it in the Dusty episode. Many people believe conspiracy theories and otherwise, but... Many people are of the belief that a lot of what happened to Dusty Rhodes during this tenure, because he had been outside of WWF and Vince McMahon likes to flex his creative muscles and show you that he controls your career. Many people felt that this was uh, Vince McMahon trying to have a bit of a rib on uh, on Dusty Rhodes. He was also already had a rib with the name The Big Boss Man and also Virgil being used as a servant for the Million Dollar Man. But I think the idea was, was that, oh, if you're so charismatic, why didn't you get this normal lady over if you're so charismatic he manages it though oh yeah
0: absolutely they come across as such baby faces
1: yeah now i was reading up about this one in terms of whose job it was to make sure that sapphire was ready to do all of this who trained her because she didn't have any formal training and you guessed it sherry it was her job to teach her how to do all of the spots and Sherry said like it was one of the toughest things she ever had to do in her career because she wasn't a she wasn't a trainer. You no, know? she
0: doesn't even look like she's particularly athletic necessarily.
1: Yeah, and she was doing like they were doing really basic moves like they were trying to do in the ring, like like a snapmare a little rollover and stuff like that. And one of the basic moves that she did and this is the, you know it's not if we hey, we gotta to go to the performance center. This is the eighties. You've got to do this the half an hour you have before the show is starting. So she was doing this training in front of you know vince and everyone oh god and she said there was one like real basic move that she did with sapphire and like it was like you know just roll through like that and sapphire just need her full force oh. in the nose she nearly broke her nose and sherry said it was the only time she ever lost her temper with like in front of everyone like that like it was the only time like where she felt really unprofessional she just blew up like you was like please do it the right way because you can imagine you've got a wrestlemania match you know what a perfectionist randy savage is Dusty Rhodes obviously has expectations as well, and the real fucking, the real like difficulty in this match is going to be Sapphire. And it's not Macho Man; they're telling you how to do everything. It's Sherry telling Who you how to do. You know she has to do it. And she's
0: not even a wrestler at this point. No. Like yeah, she has wrestling training, but it's not like she's doing it week on week.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, this is what nineteen ninety two thereabouts. So you know, Sher- Sherry's not been wrestling on a regular basis. For around four or five years at this point, you know, she was being used seldomly as as a wrestler. She, you know,
0: and especially being a trainer is a very different set of skills to being a wrestler. Mm. Even still, being good at wrestling doesn't necessarily make you a good trainer.
1: Yeah, here we are at WrestleMania six, and I can't help as they're coming out, feel very bad for Sapphire, who's got a long, long trip to make in that little ring car, and she's dancing, and Dusty Rhodes is dancing too, but. You could just tell there's nerves, you know.
0: Why wouldn't there be? I'd be terrified.
1: Compare and contrast with the king and queen coming out, <laughs> where they've got a throne and Sherry's just kind of kneels down, peering through the ropes. Oh, what a fucking entrance. Randy's
0: got a scepter. They mention at the beginning here That this is the first ever mixed tag match Yes, first one in the WWF And one of the competitors isn't a wrestler yeah, and I mean the other one isn't a full-time wrestler I mean,
1: yeah I, That's the thing to think, though That Sherry was really the closest thing they had To a full-time wrestler at the time, you yeah. know Because she was the only woman on the roster Who had wrestling experience Who had been with the company for any length of time So she's she's the veteran by default, you know God There's a lot to carry we cut backstage to Dusty and Sapphire for a little, uh, little promo. Sapphire gets one word in, I think. Yeah. She's like, yeah! Like, that's, that's, enough. that's enough now, you Sapphire. I keep talking now. You don't need to say anything. American I mean, Dream, we've got to take you through. <laughs> Dusty has a surprise at the start of the match, though, uh, to throw a wrench in the works for, for, for Macho and Sherry.
0: Yeah, he's got a special guest coming out to watch the match. It's Miss Elizabeth.
1: The reaction
0: yeah oh fucking love her princess diana rolled out again
1: yeah she comes out and the crowd is just like here is this woman who we fucking love probably
0: people crying
1: yeah there are there's like the i don't think anything has ever come close to the emotion that they they got with with fans through through Matthew and liz and it's it's so sad to think about it and sherry's a big part of that i think as well it just it plays out like a Disney story. Like Mm -hmm. her just coming out here just to be there. People are fucking... There's flashbulbs going off everywhere. Like it's unbelievable. That is... They made... The three of them made something really special in wrestling that I don't think has ever been duplicated.
0: They mention as well on the commentary that the men and the women won't be... Although it's a mixed tag match, they won't be directly fighting each other. It'll be men versus men, women versus women. And here we have another inadvertent heel commentary moment which ends up being... Has aged quite well For a modern feminist (laughs) audience We have Jesse Ventura saying Why don't the men and women match up That doesn't seem very fair Boo Get
1: out of here Jesse Ventura Well as a matter of fact Monsoon and McMahon That the women should get paid as much as the men
0: Boo Boo. Get out of here
1: Well look at the conspiracy theorist Jesse Ventura (laughs) What a nut He
0: thinks men and women should be equal
1: (laughs) That's so fucking funny He doesn't even dress it up in a heelish way He's just like why can't the men and yeah. women fight? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> You're a liar. Get out of here. <laughs> now, Sherry's not taking those rules very seriously, though, in this match, is Sherry? No. Holy shit. I don't know if, like, Dusty Rhodes is, like... I mean, he's a veteran, multiple-time world champion. He was the man in NWA. But Sherry obviously wants to break this young boy into the business. Every time she lays her hands on Dusty Rhodes... She fucking wallops
0: him. Yeah, there's this huge like smack every time. She forearms him right in the
1: back. Yeah. And she just I don't know, if she thinks because Dusty's kind of he's big and he's kind of soft that you have to hit him harder to get an <laughs> impact. But she fucking
0: wallops this shit out of him. I think she was just going for it because it's a mixed tag match, and I think she knew as a woman she had to hit him for real. Yeah,
1: Sherry works overtime. She's such obviously a great pairing with matchman because Machuman will Always overcompensate for any perceived dip in quality in the match. So, the two of them together, they bump into each other. They they hit each other and flip around more than Dusty or Sapphire do anything to them, I think. Yeah. They're wrestling themselves, <laughs> yeah. essentially.
0: My first top spot of this match. We have Sapphire successfully doing an airplane spin with <laughs> two revolutions. With yeah. no prior wrestling training.
1: Now, this was 1.5 revolutions, I pointed out. But you, you thought to round up... Be
0: better to round up than round down.
1: Yeah, that's fair, you know, she... <laughs> she comes in when she gets the tag sapphire she just kind of like moves on the spot it's like the brock lesnar dance i love it she's got moves they just have one single whoa look at the rhythm on sapphire wow
0: they're not kidding
1: yeah she's got the rhythm
0: she's the only person in this ring who can dance
1: (laughs) and sherry taking out obviously any frustrations she has with sapphire she's nice she doesn't stiff sapphire
0: no she god f- that would be horrible
1: no, but like she's obviously frustrated with Sapphire she said in the past but she doesn't take any of it out on, on Sapphire she takes all of it out on her real arch enemy the American dream Dusty Rhodes who when she's thrown to the outside she hits him not once not twice but four times yeah that
0: was my second top spot of the match <laughs> was just her beating the shit out of Dusty Rhodes <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is like slow down <laughs> he can't for, handle it
1: he can like I don't know like there's there's rumours, like, at the time that, like, Sherry was just, like, such a total fucking badass. And, yeah, I I, I accept those. You know, it's not that she's taking it with any young boys. Around, that it's Dusty Rhodes, and she's beating the shit out of them.
0: Can, he can totally take it.
1: When she's in the ring with Sapphire, though, and she starts doing moves to Sapphire, she is so careful and protective and so professional. I would say the offensive manoeuvres she does to Sapphire amounts to a gentle toss.
0: It's pretty incredible how... There seems to be a lot of wrestling in this match between Sapphire and Sherry, considering yeah. Sapphire hasn't really had any prior training. But most of that is actually just Sherry wrestling herself, which leads me on to my third top spot, which is Sherry suplexing herself.
1: That <laughs> is amazing. Like that is she like she puts her head in Sapphire's arm. Sapphire doesn't even really know to put the arm over for no, a suplex. No, she doesn't do any she, of that. She holds her like it's she, a
0: DDT. She barely even like rolls over. <laughs>
1: And then Sherry somehow, using her head strength, I guess, flips her entire body over. Yeah. It's the damnedest thing.
0: It looks quite painful to, yeah. Sh- like, to Sherry. She's just working herself.
1: I have to say, i really like, I was impressed by the work rate in this one for the fact that it's a mixed tag. So oftentimes where it's like a mixed tag and particularly a mixed tag involving someone who's either got no wrestling training experience or very limited wrestling training experience. I mean the the mixed tag in in WWE as it went for many years was the men wrestled for you know 10 minutes of the match the women come in for either the finish or for a spot that leads to the finish but the women were in here more than the men yeah that was very impressive now most of the action for the women was Sherry who does a top rope splash to Dusty Rhodes (laughs) and goes for another one as well it's very very impressive but Liz interferes, pushes Sapphire kind of over the ropes onto Sherry, and team common people win. I Sapphire
0: want... gets the pin. Yes,
1: yeah, Sapphire gets the pin. It's impressive.
0: Yeah, I liked that.
1: And yeah, Macho King and Sherry freak out. You know, obviously it's a, it's WrestleMania six, you have a the big Hogan Warrior matches on this one. I like that they used this match and you had you know, two very... I think a lot of people look in this match unfavourably because it's like, it's Macho Man Randy Savage and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. But the match is about the two women, really. It's not about the two yeah. legendary wrestlers. I had to say I was impressed that the two big-time superstars opted to step back a little bit and let the women have some of the spotlight.
0: Can you imagine this with, like, any other men, though? I mean, it is only because it's Macho Man, who is fine with putting women ahead of him. He, you know, as we covered in his yep. episode... He actually, although he's very controlling and has weird attitudes towards women in many respects, he doesn't mind being second fiddle. Yeah, a year after this,
1: the two women involved here are, you know, one of them beats the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got
0: Dusty Rhodes, who again, you know, for the sake of storyline, he's happy to kind of go along with whatever. Yeah, it means he doesn't
1: have to take any bumps. He's cool with that, Daddy. (laughs) So what did you think of the match then? I
0: really enjoyed this match again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... You can't say it was as good as the first match no. we did because it's it wasn't a huge amount of actual wrestling in this. It was a lot of people wrestling themselves and a lot of spots that were kind of very over the top and silly just to be a bit bombastic. But it was really fun and I genuinely did enjoy it. And if you are intrigued to see a match involving someone who's never done any proper wrestling before and actually pulls it off, you know, this yeah. is this isn't a scary match to watch. Nothing goes wrong. No,
1: Sapphire doesn't... Seem- seemingly hurt anyone or doesn't get hurt which yeah. is when you're watching this that is your primary concern
0: yeah no it's a feel-good match which mm. i really liked so i gave it three stars out of five
1: very very nice so sherry after splitting from the macho man at the retirement angle which i love this so much about sherry is that like a second that she's split from macho man randy savage she gets paired up with the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, which I love. That she's kind of finds the richest guy in wrestling. Yeah, she's gone
0: from king to millionaire. Easy
1: peasy. Now, what's very interesting about this is that she said she loved working with with all of the men equally. She said they're all her favorites. Oh, okay. You know, because she said if she said anyone was her favorite, it would it would probably be upsetting to all of them. Because she had quite a <laughs> close relationship. But she said Ted DiBiase was the most professional of all of them. Like he expected everything to be like done to the point no surprises we're here to do our jobs you know
0: mind you that's not that impressive to say when you think about the fact that she was teamed up with the man who locked her in a room yeah and sean michaels who was probably taking coke every second of the day
1: yeah i mean definitely in terms of the amount of work that sherry had to do you know, there's there's obviously the element of madness with, with Randy. And that, mothering with Sean. And mothering with That's it. I think with, with Ted DiBiase, it was probably more plain sailing. Because it's like, I'm a professional. You're a professional. Let's draw dollar signs on our faces and count <laughs> loads of money. So, yeah. Uh, what was interesting, though, is that she said when she was paired up with Ted, and she did this with all of the men afterwards, was that she would ring up and she would meet up with their wives... And have a long conversation and a long chat because she'd be on the road with with them she'd be seeing their husbands more than they would yeah so she would like i want to have a, a chat just to make sure are there any red lines anything that you're not comfortable with if you're not comfortable with traveling in the same car anything like that and i think that's like that's that's quite professional i think that's you know
0: it's very grown up of her.
1: It is, because there's not there's a lot of heartache in wrestling.
0: Yeah, and a lot of men going off and cheating on their wives and treating them very poorly and mm. then just... You know, what happens on the road stays on the road, as it were. So yeah. Sherry sort of being accountable and saying, look, that's not going to happen with me. You don't need to worry about that. That's really mature.
1: She said how like she found it, like, it was impossible to have a relationship because she, she wouldn't be with anyone in wrestling. She felt that was a bad idea. She kind of yeah. did take that advice. But you know at this point in time she's already been married and divorced three times whoa so she just said like it it couldn't it couldn't work you'd be away on the road yeah and you know they worked 300 days a year you God. know sometimes you know months on end without going home and when you finally get home it's just like you're just kind in the seconds and you're gone again and it's it's bad now it was worse then you know and you can imagine you know now you've got skype you've got you know internet you can you can contact your loved ones pretty easily you know back then it's pay phones and stuff Letters, like that yeah. so like this is around you know this time you sherry had a reputation as being like quite a partier and you know she was very much part of that wild scene at the time including a story where andre the giant who used to you know once drank a hundred beers in a sitting would regularly drink two bottles of red wine before any of his matches like literally on a tour had to pull sherry aside and say you know you're partying too much god now there's something about andre the giant being like a voice of reason it's just a little bit like okay it is a problem and sherry had like serious addiction problems i think at this point point. and that's really sad because you watch her performances and we watched a lot of her stuff with ted DiBiase, her her interviews and stuff you wouldn't know that she was you know battling any sort of addiction or that she was messed up or anything like that
0: I mean, she's got so much energy that it's hard not to be like, oh, cocaine. Mm. But yeah, no, she doesn't seem, she seems healthy. She seems in excellent mental and physical spirits.
1: For her, she said it was liquor, somas, which are, you know, the the muscle relaxants, the strong painkillers that's basically, you know, that's... Scott Hall Anyone you can think of Names of wrestlers Who've had problems With painkillers It's somas They are like a, Such an epidemic In wrestling at the time And, uh, and weed as well she, she would Three of those things Pretty wow. much non-stop But like She tells stories of like You know you take, She'd take four somas Before a show God. But then You know She wouldn't eat anything Because she wanted to keep her figure And oh. then she'd forget That she'd taken four somas And she'd oh, take four more no. You know and it's very much apparent from reading brett's book and a lot of the stuff at the time that there was kind of a, a willful ignorance on the part of vince in the office they knew that everyone was partying out there vince was out partying with them a lot of the time as well like because he's such a fucking mark for it but there was towards the early 90s there was a shift and that's obviously with the looming steroid scandal they started putting in drug tests for cocaine and stuff like that there was an attempt dis earnest as it was to try and clean things up a little bit at the time. And I think that was probably going to a lot of people left wrestling, you know, around that time. So yeah, Sherry was with Teddy DiBiase for a while. And I think that was a really good pairing. There's something about Sherry holding large quantities of money in her (laughs) hands,
0: having money on her face, dress
1: and a completely different look again. Now it's, it's like kind of the Fifi dresses, the puffy dresses with the ridiculous puffy shoulders it's essentially a lot of the boo-hoo party wear that's on sale yeah. at the moment for anyone in the UK. And again, another fabulous slug that worked really, really well. She was with him for around about a year, thereabouts. But Ted was then going to retire from wrestling. So Sherry was then left again to her own devices. And they were going to pair her with someone new. And she was told she was going to get put with a young Shawn Michaels. They're spilling up the rockers of Marty Jettie and Shawn Michaels, who we saw in a recent episode of The Boss Man. And Sean was going to get a big singles push, and the idea was they were going to put Sherry with him. Sherry was asked by Jimmy Hart, just casually, you know, who was there at the time, like, oh, who are you going to be with next? And he goes, oh, Jimmy, they're going to put me with some boy toy. <laughs> and lo and behold, Jimmy Hart writes the music, and we get I'm Just a Sexy Boy, which was originally sung by Sherry.
0: Yeah, you uh, you showed me a clip where they use that original version of the music as an entrance. And I prefer it, I think.
1: It's great. It's very good. So obviously, Shawn Michaels' normal theme is, I'm just a sexy boy, I'm not your boy toy, I've got the moves. You know, it's in the first person. But the original one was just her singing about how sexy and brilliant her, her, <laughs> her charge was. He's just a sexy boy. He's not your boy toy. He's mine. <laughs> he's got the moves, you know. And I'll, and to this day, the scream at the start of that song.
0: Sean, stop!
1: That's Sherry.
0: That's so cool.
1: Uh, we did, of course, show. I did, of course, show Joe the sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt segment with uh, Sherry. Thank
0: you. It was a bit awkward that.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was a little bit awkward. A bit cringe. A bit cringe. But Sherry and Shawn Michaels, a much different look again. How would you describe Sherry's look when she's with uh, the Heartbreak Kids?
0: So again, it matches kind of his aesthetic. Like She really manages with every person she's paired with to kind of... Complement their aesthetic and enhance it as, mm. as well.
1: While still being very much Sherry. Like, yes, yeah. exactly.
0: Still being totally over the top, still being a total heel. So with Sean, she's got much more pink and red in part of her costume. She's wearing a lot more kind of leathery straps and tassels.
1: The white blazer. Oh yeah, great
0: look. Lots of hearts on everything.
1: She had those cool sunglasses that Sean had as well. The one that had like the lift up lenses. Oh yeah, one or two. That was really cool. And she'd have the big heart. Like Sean has the heart tattoo, she'd have that drawn on her face. She
0: also, at one point, I noticed had the cool S Ah, on her face.
1: you're a bit obsessed with that cool ass Who at the isn't? moment <laughs> anytime you write sensational sherry you got to do it with the cool ass yeah, the like. double cool ass <laughs> i know you always like when there's kind of a little bit of role reversal in wrestling and it's very very often in wrestling you've got the sexy girl who's kind of objectified by the man who's talking about how hot his babe is and all that there is something quite refreshing in 1993 watching mulleted Shawn Michaels, who's still very young and a little bit nervous, and Sherry talking about how sexy he is and she's got the most handsome man in wrestling. It's fucking adorable and I love it.
0: Yeah, it's so great. I I absolutely love this whole thing. I've always thought that the whole sexy sean michaels thing was hilarious because he's not sexy in the slightest what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> like i get at the time he might have been sexy but to like a modern me yeah no no he's not sexy at all not
1: not a fan of uh, the hunks of the 90s then obviously. i mean i'm a
0: fan sure but i don't think he's sexy <laughs> that's all right <laughs> but yeah it's just so funny having him be like this Hypersexualized character and obviously he's totally into it which is the best thing about it and
1: the women in the audience and some of the men as well there's there's they a lot it. of there's a lot of cheers and a lot yeah. of love for it like and vince mcmahon's one of them folks he's <laughs> fucking he loves this shit vince mcmahon is basically he oftentimes will make characters who he can kind of he puts himself into the million dollar man to DiBiase. that's very much what Vince perceived as his character in wrestling. He likes to do that a few times. Vince McMahon, very much the role of Sherry. That's what Vince wanted to be. With the, with the mirror, go, look how sexy you are. <laughs> Can we talk about the mirror a little bit? I love that
0: mirror. It's like Sherry spent like her weekends past obsessively with hot glue and frills and hearts sticking it onto this mirror so that she could show Shawn Michaels just how beautiful he is to her. Oh
1: God, it's so funny. One of the best parts I showed Joe, it was like a, a, an interview, it set up the stipulation at SummerSlam in Wembley in 1993, in Wembley Stadium. Shawn Michaels with Sherry, he took on another incredibly handsome wrestler in Rick the Model Martel. And uh, what was the stipulation that Sherry arranged for this one, Joe? Oh,
0: God, it's so funny. I love this so much. She said that they were both so handsome and beautiful that their faces should not be damaged in the match and therefore no punches to the face were allowed they to avoid the face altogether.
1: So she could continue to enjoy both of them. Yeah. Right? And that eventually became a blindfold match. Sherry had it, so both men were blindfolded <laughs> so that there would be no attempts to, to damage the, the goods, the moneymakers, so what to speak. You
0: accidentally do it? If you're blindfolded, you can't tell where you're hitting. And
1: that did happen in the match and then Sherry fainted. No! <laughs> Now, we mentioned earlier that Sherry probably had more of a hands-on role with Sean, both with helping with his character, but we made a little we like a, a little bit of a motherly kind of vibe there was yeah, there. Yeah, she
0: definitely looked after him. I mean, it's hard, I guess, hard not to, given that she would have been, how old at this point? She would have been in her 30s. Yeah, yeah. and he would have been like 18, 19 or so. You would have been early 20s, yeah. Early 20s, yeah. yeah.
1: So, Sean, you know, who'd kind of grown up in the wrestling business, wasn't really a, a capable... <laughs> grown man and all that Like She would tell stories About like How she had to kind of Look after him And calm him down Because he was so anxious All the time And uh, one thing that Sean liked to do To calm down Was that he liked Sherry's satin gloves He liked to have Something softer up On his face To calm him down And Aww. Sherry always made sure To pack an extra glove Aww. In her suitcase for Sean. In, not in her hand luggage so she could give it to Sean whenever he needed. Oh,
0: uh, I like that she should not give it to him because he would probably lose he it. He would lose it, Use exactly. This no, she holds on to it like a little bag of snack. of Like a bag <laughs> of carrots, yeah. <laughs> Come on now, Sean. Time for your midday snack. I want my glove. <laughs> now it's time for your nap, Sean.
1: So she told the story of Sean happened to go to his then wife's graduation. She was graduating from like, Makeup Academy and Sean had to go straight from a show they were doing to the airport and get to the graduation. And like, Sean didn't know how to get to the airport on his own. He'd never done it on his own before. Oh. She'd help him get a taxi, all that stuff. When he arrived at the airport, he didn't know how to tie a tie. So oh he had to ask God. a stranger how to put his tie on. He'd never worn a suit before. She had to help him get a suit, all this stuff. Finally goes to the, to the graduation comes back he's like literally in, nearly in tears he's so stressed out the first thing he did was he grabbed the glove just rubbed his face on it like Aww. you know because sherry had to look after you know he was a boy yeah. definitely she wasn't his boy toy but she was his boy you know she had to look after him i
0: mean he was her boy
1: he was her boy yes she uh she had to look after poor and so yeah in more ways than one i think sherry was uh was a rock for for Shawn michaels during those times oh
0: that's so cute
1: another thing in the entrance like sherry and sean this was like there was a lot of collaboration here and so much of sean's heartbreak kid character came from the collaboration with sherry because sean was only in his early 20s he'd already been fired by vince you know for being a screw-up you know he was uh, you know brett in his book mentioned and a lot of people mentioned the time that sean was a nervous young guy you know people thought you'd see sean michaels at the time you'd see the bloody fingertips. He's always biting his fingernails because he was so nervous.
0: Don't tell me that. And
1: like he credits Sherry for not only looking out for him, but also giving him confidence. Because if you're a young guy like Shawn Michaels at the time, and it's like your new manager is Sherry, who has been with Ted DiBiase, top guy, macho man, top guy, you know, all these big, big names that she was associated with. That meant like, shit, you got to take this seriously. And she said that she saw him go from being a complete, like a completely skittish, no confidence, nervous young kid, and grow up into being like a confident young man. Now, obviously, that confident young man turned into something else. More on that in a future episode. But she helped him find his confidence, and I think that's like a real credit that Sherry really like Shawn Michaels is one of the most important wrestlers in in wrestling of all time, and I think a lot of the fact that he managed to get over. That is because of Sherry. And she's so important. It cannot be stated enough. Like if she's important to Macho Man. And Elizabeth is important to Macho Man. She's 10 times as important to Shawn Michaels. Because Macho Man was already a star when she came along. Shawn wasn't. And he became a star because of her. And they were really creative with some of the stuff that they would do. And oftentimes they went a bit too far. Uh, I told you about the original plan they had for their entrance. They did it a few times, and then they were told politely to stop.
0: Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. So the idea that she came up with... It's, it's important to mention that she came up with this, I think. Yeah. Is that she would come out, Sean would grab her by the back of the hair, throw her to the floor, and then she would look up at him adoringly. It's one of the few occasions where Vince getting involved in saying actually guys don't think that's a good look paid yeah. off
1: uh, and it's funny though when we watched the Kurt Angle bit with with Sherry they, they do d- they did that bit where he threw her down to the ground like
0: what a surprise <laughs> Vince being the voice of reason
1: I think he was trying I mean this is like 93 now they were trying really hard you know this is steroid scandal on the horizon let's clean up our act nice wholesome pg company pal we don't throw women down on the ground here you know, five
0: least, years later. Just,
1: just give me five years, four years, I mean, th- <laughs> three years.
0: Just,
1: just give me, just give me a little time, and then you can do it. Like, so they did an angle between Sean. He was feuding with. This is like kind of sad when I with Sherry. Like a lot of her tail end of her career in WWF she was involved with you know big angles with sean and his various feuds with you know tatanka and whatnot then there was a big feud between Shawn michaels and his former partner marty Jannetty, like the rockers feuding with each other and that's big that's huge they had a big match for the intercontinental championship it was sean and marty and at the end of the match sean went to hit marty with the mirror and he smashed sherry with that mirror and sherry got you know glass everywhere now sherry did actually get Pit of glass caught in her eye so doing that so
0: it wasn't that. a worked
1: mirror i think it was a gimmicked mirror but as we saw in our bossman episode as well even gimmicked glass getting underneath your eyes uh. you know it, it's not nice so the sad thing was is that there was meant to set up a sherry face turn she was gonna be with you know marty genetti because the boy toy sean didn't visit her in the hospital he only wanted her to advance his career and she was going to align with with marty genetti who had a litany of personal problems of his own And he was thrown out of the company, so then Sherry's left without any sort of an angle. No, it's a shame. It's a shame. And we watched some promos leading up to a feud with Luna Vachon. Uh, Have you seen much of Luna Vachon before?
0: I've only seen, like, pictures of her, but she seems awesome. She's got the fantastic makeup on her face that makes her look really scary, like a ghost demon
1: we watched the promos between sherry and ludovish sean which has to be the most metal thing in WBF yes. in 1993 like
0: it's just them both screaming
1: ah,
0: ah,
1: ah. and they had some angles but the proper match never happened because sherry failed a drug test ah. and it was really sad she mentioned it but i heard some people say she was she was done it for like was it was a cocaine she said that she had been Tested positive for for weed like three or four times. She's basically told if it happens again, you're out the door. And they showed up to TV and it was like Vince and the Bruce Pritchard's like, we gotta go talk. And she knew straight away she was being fired. And the really sad thing was she didn't tell anyone because she felt so ashamed and embarrassed, and she didn't want to say goodbye to everyone that she just kind of went oh, away ghosted. quietly. It's so sad. That's sad. She talked about that with a lot of regret that drugs cost her her dream job basically yeah and like she blamed it you know life on the road where you're kind of trapped in a hotel you're a prisoner in a hotel room where you could go out and have a good time and she went out and had a good time but when it stops being like going out to have a good time and it's painkillers to get through the day mm-hmm. and that's affecting your performance it's really sad and i think with the case of sherry in wwe she was shown the door before her demons got the better of her. The same can necessarily be said for her career in WCW. Now she did go to ECW for a little bit, and I mean, you can imagine Sherry being kicked out for drugs in WWF, and then you go to ECW. Yeah. Uh, she was asked in the interviews, "What were your memories of working in ECW?" She says, "I have none. It was a complete fog.
0: Oh The whole that's thing." So sad. If she
1: worked with the champion Shane Douglas and all that, and she was over, and fans loved her, but she doesn't really remember it you know and that was kind of that was really sad so she was then into wcw like a lot of wrestlers at the time like a lot of people who left from wbf who were big names were just being signed up you know, mainly because the person in charge eric bischoff felt they have name recognition they've been in WWE tv for years and years and years i'm trying to target some of their fans why not bring in all of these names that's why bobby the brain mean gene oakland the names that make you feel familiar with the show of wrestling, they were brought in en masse, even though a lot of them were past their prime. You know, Bobby Heenan, we talked about how his run in WCW was most certainly, you know, a lower point in his career. So Sherry was brought in, she was paired up with Ric Flair at the first instance, but then after that they're going to put her with Harlem Heat. It was a tag team that featured Stevie Ray and a young Booker T.
0: Yes, he looks exactly the same.
1: And she was renamed Sister Sherry after being Sensuous Sherry because Sensational was a trademark. Now, why do you think they put her with Harlem Heat?
0: I have no idea. It seems very random compared to who she was previously put with. Yeah, I know, right? Single competitors. I, I don't know. No idea.
1: So I tried to find out. And the reason originally was they were going to put her with Ron Simmons, uh, Farouk. He would have been part of the Acolytes, the APA. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. First ever black world champion, big, powerful motherfucker, great wrestler, really great, great wrestler. And it was 1984 and they wanted to put her with Ron Simmons. And the reason was because of the OJ Simpson thing, they thought it would be good. What? To have a big black guy with a white lady as the manager. And then people from Turner came down and said, no, that's not politically correct. This is in bad taste. So they thought, well, let's put her with two black guys instead in Harlem heat. Okay. So the idea was just to somehow get heat from the OJ thing, which I'm really glad she didn't get paired with Ron Simmons. Cause can you fucking imagine that company as bad as WWE was imagine WCW trying to do something about the OJ thing fucking hell. That'd
0: be terrible.
1: And There but the grace of God went Ron Simmons' career. Good thing you ducked the fucking OJ gimmick they were going to fucking run by.
0: would not have gone down well.
1: Poison it would have been. So, see Sister Sherry with Harlem Heat. And it is admittedly a little bit random. Although, you know, Harlem Heat, again, they were very young guys in wrestling. And they credited so much to Sherry saying that she helped them. She looked out for them. A lot of the people in WCW then, you had Hogan, you had Ric Flair, you had Macho Man, you had basically a lot of the and ted DiBiase, a lot of the big names with sway there had worked with sherry so she still had that kind of sway and that influence she was a big big deal um, but i'll be honest we watched some wcw stuff and it made for some sketchy viewing at times i think for for, for lack of a better term
0: yeah I, it was it was strange mm. i mean i think the best thing about it was that Sister Sherry looks like heel Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that.
1: I mean, everything about Sherry, I mean you still got all this stuff at Sherry. She's got great great presence, amazing promos, great looks, still, you know, even though WCW is a little bit more Wild West. But we had a lot of people send us on there's a match in a segment they wanted us to talk about sherry's angle with colonel rob parker from wcw at the time who was involved with a group of similarly southern good old boys dick slater and my all-time favorite name in wrestling bunkhouse Buck. basically she feuded with the cast of of mice and men
0: I was very disappointed that Dirty Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck weren't the other way around. Because Bunkhouse Buck looks like a Dirty Dick.
1: He does, doesn't he? And
0: Dirty Dick looks like a Bunkhouse Buck.
1: <laughs> bunkhouse Buck. Describe his look. You said he looked like Batista a little bit.
0: Just in the face. In the face. He's like very kind of strange. In the, in yeah. The eyes. He's got Batista's kind eyes.
1: He's got... A look that could best be described as full of grits. I yep. lo- he's a big country boy and looks, I love it. He
0: looks smelly.
1: He does. He looks like he smells sour, you know. Oh
0: <laughs> yeah, that kind of never not washed in months type of thing.
1: So as the story goes, Colonel Rob Parker was the manager of Harlem Heat, a black tag team in WCW, who they thought was no brother that they would come out in chains. Uh, That's a bad look, because what would you say Colonel Rob Parker's vibe or general look is? A
0: racist? Like, (laughs) he looks like an old slave owner. He's... Properly looks like a racist. I don't know how else to, he looks like the KFC colonel.
1: Yeah, he looks like the old Southern Dandy. You know, yeah. the, he's got the white suit with the, the boa tie, he's constantly dabbing himself like, and sweating. He'd
0: could like he'd support the Confederacy and
1: Yeah, he he looks like pretty much a baddie from Django Unchained, essentially. Yeah. yeah. He, he he looks like all sorts of a of a wrong-in as it pertains to relations with African Americans. Having him come out with two black guys in chains.
0: Oh my god, that would have been such a bad look oh my. Oh my God. Yeah. i can't believe anyone thought that was a good idea yeah, it was a bad idea how how so
1: thank fuck they put sherry with her because it's just like okay it, i know it's random and i would much rather take random than obviously looking like a slave ownership gimmick yeah, yeah. that's much better but they feuded between the two groups then you had bunkhouse Book and dirty dick were where Rob Parker's new guys and Sherry had Harlem heat. And there was tension between Sherry and Rob Parker. They wanted to beat the hell out of each other. And Rob Parker being the chauvinist old foghorn leghorn character he was. is like, like, uh-huh, you ain't never going to be able to wrestle a man like me, you little lady. Why don't you go back over there? You had difficulty understanding the verbiage from, from Rob.
0: Couldn't understand a thing he said.
1: I, I like Rob Parker in that he is a total cartoon character. Yeah. He was Tennessee Lee in the World Wrestling Federation and he's the only man I've ever seen who can sweat as an offensive manoeuvre. <laughs> he sweats like nobody's business. It's some
0: aggressive sweating.
1: So this is from the Clash of Champions 31 from WCW. We have a six person tag match. As they like to call us, five men and one woman tag. Just say person, you fucking... Yeah. Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry taking on Bunkhouse Book, Dick Slater and Colonel Rob Parker. Now, obviously we're watching the WCW show. How did it compare look-wise, visually, to the WWF shows we'd seen prior to it? I mean, before this, we had an ad for Hulk Hogan helping you buy, helping you win a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, dude. Yeah,
0: that was some crappy ads. Yeah. I mean, but that being said, there's crappy ads in the WWF at this time, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm going to give you the keys to your Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Yeah, Cool. In the middle of a match.
0: Only $1.49 a minute. So, a lot of people said this
1: was a fun angle. I'd never seen it. I'd not seen any of Sherry really in WCW. So, I thought, okay, this will be fun. I did like in the setup to this, though, where you had... The thing that always happens, though, it was a man versus a woman in wrestling in the 90s. The man always kisses the woman, then she like slaps him. But Sherry doesn't slap him, she just punches him full force yes, in the face. she
0: just punches him.
1: And I like that. What was interesting about this one is that this is probably the longest of the three matches we watched. And the crowd were electric for Sherry. They really they were chanting Sherry anytime she got remotely involved. They wanted her in there. They wanted to get her hands on Rob Parker. But she was very barely in the match this was mostly a boring tag between harlem heat and dirty dick and bunkhouse buck they they wrestled 95 percent of it. yeah
0: she came in right at the end and i thought
1: god you know people want to see this surely someone here could kind of go hey why don't we do things where we make out that sherry's going to get tagged in but the ref didn't see it or sherry gets in but she gets cut off like tease us a little bit yeah. at least no
0: none of that she's like in fact most of the match she's hiding behind Harlem Heat yeah I don't know it didn't
1: work and like I didn't feel like Harlem Heat were like we want Sherry to get her hands on Parker I it's didn't like she feel wasn't like... there yeah it. Th- there was no psychology and that was something that was always so great about Sherry in a lot of her appearances And she said she learned it all the way back with Playboy Buddy Rose in, in AWA she learned the psychology early on when to do things and it feels like There was five guys here who were maybe concerned about being overshadowed a little bit. Or in the case that Sherry wasn't maybe in the condition to perform the way they wanted her to. I don't know. It was less than I expected. I was somewhat disappointed with the encounter.
0: Yeah, no, I was definitely disappointed with this.
1: My favorite moment of the match... Was when all the dirty cowboys came out at the start to their generic riff as Colonel Rob Parker slowly rolled up his sleeves and smoked a big cigar. As a pre-match ritual, smoking a cigar is pretty fucking terrible, and I loved it.
0: My top spot in this match was how sweaty Parker's crotch became. I'm really surprised that more wrestlers don't get sweaty crotches. There was one recently, wasn't it? It was like Seth or Finn. Seth wears like black, I think it was so. Finn.
1: Then it must have been. He had a little patch in his pants, and it looked. I think it was Finn because he he pointed it out on Twitter. Then, like you know, where it's like, look at look at me, look like I'm shitting myself. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny though when Rob Parker did bend over and Bobby Heaton, who was half asleep on commentary, went, uh oh, Parker's had an accident."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looked like.
1: You say that was your top spot. That's my top spot. Now, traditionally, Joe, in our long history of doing top spots for our matches, you've had three.
0: Not this time. Not this time. I didn't really enjoy this match at all. Man. I mean, when Sherry finally gets the tag, yeah. her offensive manoeuvre is her jumping on Parker and then kissing him and getting the pin. See,
1: She does a she does a crossbody and then, yeah, she gets kissed. She, she kisses him and pins him to the ground. Yeah. And then she starts violently stripping him and kissing him, and
0: then choking him and kissing him.
1: It was very confused. It was
0: yeah, it was weird.
1: And I think when you've got a character like Sherry and you've got a you know an idea, I think it' you're worth having that idea fleshed out a little bit so it makes some sense. Because she was asked about this and she was like, mm, you know, did, didn't make much sense to me. She liked she liked working with Rob. She thought he was great, and they had history from back in Memphis and stuff, but. She just thought it was a bit random and weird. And it did. It just seemed random and weird. It just sounded like, lol, women crazy. She kisses him, obviously. Yeah. Because all women who want to kill a man secretly want to kiss that man. Yawn. Have we got a star rating for this one? One star. One star. Goes in my all-time low. Uh, let's talk about the wedding, then.
0: Oh, must we?
1: Yeah, the wedding at the Little White Chapel. second appearance on the podcast. Which,
0: I am convinced, the woman who was trying to marry them... Is the same woman who marries Triple H and Stephanie, like, what was it, ten years later? I yeah, guess?
1: What we, what we, even five years later, I think. We, later, yeah. Yeah.
0: Same same lady, same chapel.
1: Little White Chapel, part of the world of wrestling's canon. Yeah. Now, I love a good train wreck in wrestling. And when I say good train wreck, when it's like loads of crazy stuff happening and a bit of comedy in there. Mm. Things aren't maybe working out 100% the way they're meant to. But in all the sense, it's, it's still entertaining and the performers elevate it. A lot of people recommended we check this one out, and I think this might be a bit of nostalgia for some folks. But man, this was around ten minutes of people just shouting over each other. It was
0: so bad. Sherry comes out looking so out of it. She looks so, so drunk.
1: Parker, in an interview I watched, said that like they were going live with this and like ten minutes beforehand she disappeared. And then she showed up, like literally as they were about to have her alive, and it's like she showed up. And he said she was stoned as a gorge. which uh, I'm not really familiar with. All the root vegetables and marrows and whatnot. I imagine Gourds that's...
0: are the most stoned. Are they the most stoned? Yeah, okay. The most stoned, that's yeah.
1: all right. But yeah, it 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 made me sad. It did. Yeah. Ma- it made me sad. It
0: yeah, it was. It was sad to see this, and especially sad as this is like the last thing we watched for Sherry. I think seen. Her be so good throughout her career, like right from the very beginning when she was just starting out as a wrestler, like she's so talented in every single way. Mm. And then all the stuff with Macho Man, she was so great and she added so much. And then Ted DiBiase and Shawn Michaels and like even that match that we watched that I hated, like the bits that she was in and she was being herself, she was still had at least an essence of, oh, that's, she was still that's Sherry. Yeah. yeah. But this, it was like she was just not there. She was a Sherry gauche. had gone, yeah, and it was like someone else was there in her stead, and she was just kind of like staggering around and slurring her words, and she didn't even talk like Sherry anymore. Yeah, it was like was... someone completely different.
1: She she was inducted into the Hall of Fame in two thousand and six, and I remember distinctly watching that. She was like, she seemed like she had had a couple of drinks. And someone in the crowd at one point yelled out, "You're drunk!" And she went, "So what? I've worked my whole career. This is my moment. You bought a ticket, and a sit down." I thought, "Well, you know, fair folks for a good honor."
0: I don't know. She's been drunk but most that, of that. But career. that was it.
1: I didn't. I didn't know. I, I mean, as I as far as I knew at the time, that was just Sherry had been away from wrestling for like twelve years and had come back and had a few drinks, whatever. But you see this here and you see that there, and you know, she said, you know, when she went, you know, to to WCW, Eric Bischoff said to her have you got a problem? Because we can get you help. And she said, no, I'm all right. And you went, oh, okay, that's all right then. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel that kind of, well, it's... Yes, there's personal responsibilities and only you can decide what you put into your body. But can we not all accept that the circumstances of being a professional wrestler are extend beyond what is the norm and what can influence a standard personal choice, mm. you know? And I think it is kind of sad that the tail end of her career... You know, it wasn't just that Sherry kind of had a bit of a problem later on after she left wrestling. She had a problem when she was in wrestling. She missed, like, flights with WCW. They meant to go to Japan. She missed her flight. And the real sad thing about it was that around the time she left WCW, they stopped having her do promos as much and stopped having her do managing stuff. They wanted her to wrestle more.
0: Oh, God, after years of not doing it. Yeah.
1: And I think the real sad thing, even, like, she was let go in like, 98 or 99. And they brought her back in 2000 just to wrestle because they had Medusa, Lundra Blaze back and they just wanted someone for her to wrestle. And it's kind of like, oh she's kind of, she's all used up as far as they're concerned in terms of vocal talent and managerial skills. Now she's just a body that is recognisable. Let's just put her out there to wrestle. So, you know, we can get some money out of her. And I think that was really sad yeah. to think that, you know, that was a Vince Russo decision to bring her back in 2000. Oh, dear. And I think that's very sad to look at a wrestler and kind of go, well, you're not good for that. So let's let's have you out there taking bumps.
0: It's ridiculous as well, considering she hadn't been wrestling for years. And how old would she have been at this point? Like late thirties?
1: She would have been like, see, by 2000, she would have been forty.
0: Yeah, you see that. That's that's you know that's, that's the time you're winding down, yeah. not just getting started. Let's, let's
1: amp it up. Let's start taking some bumps, man. You know, fuck that. No, you know,
0: that's terrible idea. It's
1: really shitty. I mean, I was really happy that she got to go into the Hall of Fame. I think that was really well deserved. And she, you know, you know, drunk or otherwise, in her induction speech, you could she thanked. Uh, she was very grateful and gracious towards all the people. And I think it was really great and important that she did that because she was able to kind of, you know, let people know the role that she did have with so many of those men. I wish we heard more about Sherry on WWE. Like when the women's evolution stuff was going on, you know.
0: Yeah, she was nowhere to be seen.
1: Talk about it, but they don't want to talk about it because, fortunately, you know, this is the, the you know tail end of the of the the episode. We have to bring it up. You know, Sherry died, you know, age 46, 47.
0: Oh! So young,
1: you know, and that was really sad. She died 2007.
0: So the year after she was inducted. Yeah.
1: (gasps) Now, how many people times is it been in wrestling, matchman and otherwise, where they've unfortunately passed before they get that little bit of serendipity, that little nice kind of fortunate twist and moment? But that's
0: still too far too young.
1: I don't want to put too much on this, but I do think it's worth bearing in mind. I've mentioned to you there was a you know a few times in this podcast and outside of it that there was a period of time around 10, 12 years ago where it was just like, you know, imagine the bad political news that you have today where it's like nonstop, like, oh, I dread looking at my phone. There's more bad politics shit happening everywhere in the world. Imagine that level of news, but it's wrestlers' deaths. That's what 2007 kind of felt like. You don't want to look at your phone. You want to check the dirt sheets because someone's going to have passed away, some tragedy. It's always someone who's died young. And Sherry did die tragically very young. She died from an overdose and a week later Chris Benoit happened
0: oh my god seven days exactly
1: and I always wondered if Sherry is one of those people who we didn't take time to dwell on and time to mourn and time to think about because it was getting real fucking hard at that point point. and a week after that We weren't talking about wrestlers' deaths in the context of their careers, their legacy, them as people, them as human beings. We were talking about it in terms of trying to defend the WWE or tear down the WWE because all these wrestlers are dying young. And it just... Deaths became politicized. And they didn't become about the people, about the mourning. And I wondered if a little bit about that with wrestling as a whole, the community. There's so many people like... I think a test that's a wrestler who died around that time as well. I don't even think I... I I talk about test every other week Mm. when I do Smackdown Crawl for the Air podcast. I don't think I really know that he's dead. It's partly in my head because he's just a name of like 30 or 40 from that year alone. Mm. And I think that is something to bear in mind. Now the time has passed. Let's look back and think about these wrestlers in this time and think about their contributions and not be scared to kind of go, hey, her story didn't have a happy ending, but my God, what a story it was and what a career it was. And it's sad that we can't talk about women from the eighties or women from the seventies without seemingly talking about their tragic death at the end, yeah, because if you're a trailblazer and you're a woman in wrestling, odds are that you're not alive from that period of time, and that's sad, man, that's I hate that it's so
0: sad, it's really tragic, and it shouldn't it shouldn't happen
1: no, it shouldn't
0: there's no excuse. You know, they they could have done better. Not the wrestlers themselves, but the industry as a whole could have protected them.
1: Yeah, and she she was, you know, the interviews I watched were kind of within a year or two of her of her dying, and she's kind of she put a lot of it into her own personal responsibility. That it was her, her decisions. She had people who told her, you know, this is what's happening to you, you're becoming a wrestling tragedy and she wouldn't listen. She refused to listen and she, you know, she realised. You know, after she left the wrestling business, oh, I've I have kind of become this. You know, the interview I watched. I think it was from two thousand and five, and she said, "I thank God every day I wake up," because she was you know thinking about a lot of the wrestlers who had died at the time, and this happened when, you know a lot of wrestlers. Jake Roberts said this as well, where you kind of see the slew of wrestlers die, like Mr. Perfect and whatnot, and you kind of think, God, they've. They've passed away and I'm still here. There's a guilt, a survivor's guilt, I yeah. think, that came with a lot of wrestlers in that time. And that's a hard to think that's how you spend your last few years. Yeah. Is thinking you're lucky.
0: Oh, that's so sad to think.
1: I'm sorry to, to bring it up like that. But
0: it's an important It is. It's a really important thing to discuss. And we've done it with other wrestlers who've died too young. And I think it is important to keep hammering it home because so easily we could slip back into that again, you know, as an industry. You know, it's still has many problems. They still don't have unions. They still don't have, you know... They're, they're paying for their own hotels and travel.
1: There's, there's still a massive shortfall in the duty of care. I mean, I woke up this morning to find out that... You know, Lionheart, 36 years old, ICW champion... You know, I, I've seen him live I know that he's 36 he's dead you know and it's so sad It's not all cases the same yes there's different circumstances for everyone but it's just man
0: there needs to be better support for wrestlers yeah. and I think especially with regards to their mental health like I know they've mm. got the wellness program now but is it really enough
1: and it's not just WWE you oh know? no that's it it's, it's the industry it's the industry and it's, it's
0: the job as a whole it's a lonely lonely career mm. it is hard on your body and hard on your mind and it's alienating, and it makes you feel isolated. But you've also got to struggle with massive fame.
1: And I think as well, you know, WWE are are very culpable. Like no no company has caused the most, but also probably tried to do the most to fix the damages that have been done to these people. They would give free rehab to everyone. You know, Sherry got rehab from WWE sponsored and all that. You know, uh, as you mentioned, Scott Hall he had it dozens of times. But, you know, it, it's, it extends beyond WWE. There's a new big company now at AEW. I, I hope they will lead by example. There's rumblings on the independent scene. There's certain independent wrestlers who are trying to get, you know, a union for independent wrestlers so they can actually have some sort of collective bargaining and some, you know, better treatment. Because, you know, I think indie wrestlers don't have any expectations in terms of how they're to be treated all the time. And I think that sucks, yeah. you know. And that's that's all indies, big and small You know delightfully progressive in ways and 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 as well everyone's got kind of a culpability in this i think and i think yeah it's time to maybe have a little conversation about that again it's not an easy thing to talk about and i'm sad that we had to bring it up but it is part of it but let us not forget the fucking fantastic career of sensational sherry who i love doing this episode because i found out that she there's so much more to her than even i thought and i was a big 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 fan But she's more than a manager. She was a wrestler and she was a great wrestler at that as well. And she helped some of your fave wrestlers who are championed every week on WWE in the intro packages and legends, this and that and the other. And many of them wouldn't have been there if it had not been for sensational Sherry. So let's now take a look at your tweets and some of your Facebook posts. About the legendary Sherry Martel. So, Joe, I believe you got some tweets using the hashtag HowToSherry over on our Twitter page, where you should follow us at HowToWrestling.
0: First up, we have one here from Key Games. I was at her Hall of Fame induction. She was funny and kind. She was truly the best female heel manager who set the benchmark.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, one of a kind. I think, like, people give her the moniker of the best female manager of all time. But honestly, if you're talking... Top heel managers ever. I mean, she's Easy. she's she's on my Mount Rushmore up there with yes. uh, Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman and maybe Jim Cornette. Speaking of, actually, Jim Cornette was her first ever. Manager and, yeah. and she was like the first ever person he managed as well. It's like wow. 1982, I think it was. We we watched the clip. He's so young. He's
0: such a baby. Little
1: Sam Chaplin looking yes. Jim Cornette like, <laughs> and he's like, "This is my charge, Sherry Martell." He's like, "Hello, I'm Sherry They're so young and so <laughs> high pitched, and yeah, I think that didn't work out because she like broke her leg in the match that they debuted oh, in. Gosh. So yeah, not a great start to, to the career, but worth mentioning there. Uh, over here we got Stephanie Brookbank on Facebook.com forward slash Wrestling, where you can go for video clips from our episodes as well as longer form answers like this as well as lots of nice little surprises on the way. Hey, if you're on our Facebook page... Make sure you leave us a nice review. You can do so now. Let people know what you think of how wrestling. Stephanie Brookbank here. I remember always loving how she always got involved with the men's matches at a time when women were usually seen as shy flowers like Elizabeth. She was so strong and fierce. I love Sherry.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best things about Sherry is she was never hesitant to get involved in a very physical way. Yeah. Or a very very loud vocal way as well. Miss Elizabeth by contrast is so quiet and demure. Yeah.
1: The energy that sherry brings was always very very welcome in it, and a change of pace like i think like the fact that if you think of sherry in like 1993 or 4 whenever taking the full-on cross body from sting you know we watched that match sting and rick flair those big huge fucking cross bodies and sherry as sliced as she is taking a full one from fucking <laughs> sting she, she took big time bumps. It was crazy.
0: No, she's hardcore. Another one now from G.A. McKnight. One of the YouTube extras for Dark Side of the Ring has Bruce Pritchard telling the story about her not wanting to slap Miss Elizabeth as part of a match. Should be worth a look have you heard about this
1: i've not heard about this at all i think that's like that's really really interesting i think we should definitely check that we'll put up as a recommended bonus viewing if it's uh if it's if it's up and available to watch but all i remember is that she said that when it came time to wrestlemania 7 and you know elizabeth to get the revenge on her or whatever she was she told us like you can do whatever you want you can hit me with a chair two by four (laughs) whatever you want she just felt like you know, I've been with your husband on screen for so long, it feels only right. But man, that's interesting. The hesitation to slap uh, Elizabeth.
0: I really like that about Sherry. Like when I overheard you watching a lot of her shoot interviews, you know, a lot of women, I think, in wrestling have sadly trodden on the feet of other women to Mm. get to where they are and sherry got to such an important massive part she's such a huge integral role to so many wrestlers and yet she didn't do that by treading on other women she did it by elevating them and she didn't you know i I love the fact that she didn't want to slap miss elizabeth miss elizabeth is miss elizabeth yeah she's she's not a wrestler she doesn't need to be hit or uh, attacked in any way so god
1: it's interesting to think like when there was i guess when there's so few women and like if you think compared to the attitude era and the late 90s where it felt very much like they were purposely pitting the women against each other in, in real life to, to elevate their storylines and make them feel that they were, you know, at each other's throats or make them feel that like they were in competition with each other. It's nice like to see that they were elevating each other, even though there was like three women in the company at the yeah. time that they were elevating each other. Like. Maybe
0: it's easier when there's fewer and it's, you know, look out for each other because no one else is going to.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this is a uh, fabulous Obviously an image But we'll put it up On our on our Twitter page I had to mention though Heather Abood Saying oh my god yes This made my whole week This episode being announced She has a sherry tattoo On her leg
0: Oh Fantastic. wow Fantastic What a cool tattoo If you are
1: going to have A wrestler Tattooed on your leg make sure it's sensational sherry i mean it's only right <laughs> it's
0: one of her classic looks as well with her massive eyelashes fantastic
1: <laughs> can we talk about that artwork as well from dan this oh is
0: it's so good i love it
1: all-time fave. and he did
0: that without any reference images because we couldn't find the clip of her with the cauldron so i just had to explain i hadn't seen it either i was like kevin tells me there's some video of her where she's got a cauldron. So just yeah. draw this funny, over-the-top woman with a cauldron, please. He's like, yep, yeah, sure, let's go for it. And he's fucking knocked it out of the park with yeah, this one. Yeah, I
1: think that cauldron Reed does get across the essence of macho madness uh, there. <laughs> I like the a lot.
0: Next up from Spike Marshall. My all-time favourite Sherry moment is this promo for No Holds Barred. That's the uh, clip we mentioned earlier with the cage. Her reactions, her timing, all building to her, hanging off that cage and screaming like a deadite. Love it, love her. One of the characters of that era.
1: Yeah, I was just wondering if me, you, and like I know Adam, we can do that as as a promo. Like, you know, <laughs>
0: I'll climb the cage. You don't
1: know where I'm going to be, and Adam's <laughs> go rah rah. It'd work. It'd I think
0: well. uh, that promo has to go on our recommended bonus viewing as oh, well. Yes. Oh yes, essential one Unquestionably.
1: Matthew McCalovic here on Facebook. One of, if not the best manager ever, could promo like a champ. Looked amazing. Could heal shenanigans with the best of them. Would elevate both her clients she managed and the foes that they faced. The fact that the Mania Women's Battle Royale is not called the Sherry Martel Memorial Battle Royale is a shame. That is a very I know oh, yeah. the China Memorial Battle Royale's got a lot of uh, has got a lot of uh, traction at the moment. But I will be honest, I mean, China was not as important maybe to women's wrestling as opposed to wrestling as a whole. That's fair. Sherry Martel very much was about women's wrestling, I think, in, in the roles that she had. I would say she a fine contender for a angler than the fucking moolah though come on let's be oh
0: yeah come on moolah is the worst choice yes but on the topic of renaming the uh women's battle royale we have one here from shrubba the mania women's battle royale should be named the sensational invitational oh my god it rhymes joe (laughs) okay that's it that's that's
1: it i love a rhyme every time (laughs) matthew richardson this is a nice one to, to point out as well the macho king and zeus promo with sherry is bonkers very true and how she consoles booker after calling out hogan is great too um, have you seen the famous promo with booker t when he's cutting a really intense promo and uh, he calls hulk hogan a, a bad word by mistake no one second folks i have to rectify a piece of wrestling history here
0: she calls him a baby <laughs> She's like, it's okay, my baby. Oh.
1: So, so I just showed the uh, the infamous clip there of Booker T losing the oh. the, the momentum, got the better of him there.
0: It was oh, it was only it was close that like he almost didn't even say it. He
1: almost, but uh, yeah, what whatever happened happened, and uh, I just think it was very funny. Is yeah, the consolation as was pointed out here, Sherry just like strokes his face like it's okay, baby. <laughs> The, the maternal figure of <laughs> Sherry Martel. Like,
0: he's poor Booker T's got his head in his hands immediately. <laughs> like, no. <gasps> Now up from Brian Settle's 88. She was so great, but my favourite thing about her is how scared the wrestlers were of her. If you took liberties with one of her wrestlers, she would beat your ass. I (laughs) love this whole idea that Sherry had this reputation for just beating up male wrestlers. Yeah, I
1: I just love again that she thought that it was the other way around. Like, there's something particularly badass about someone who is a total badass and doesn't real like yeah. doesn't even care to know that they have this <laughs> reputation. That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> Last one now from Frankie Mon. Sherry Martel was a shining light for women's wrestling and women in wrestling in a period where you didn't need two hands to count the number of active women on the WWF roster. Her work in the AWA and WWF from 1980 to 1987 is sadly overlooked in favor of her career as a manager and valet. Sherry is possibly the only woman to have been both AWA and WWF Women's Champion.
1: I mean, it's crazy to think, yeah. you know. And I mean, I believe that whole period of wrestling. And I think when Glow, season three, where we are at the moment, this is uh, summer 2019. or third season of Glow is coming out. And I think, man, there's such an obvious crossover there you think that wwe would really be pushing you know they have the awa video library they have you know all their tapes from the 80s you know why not push this a little bit more why do i have to go searching and trawling through your horrible ui to find any of sherry's matches yeah you know, fucking promote them feature them mm-hmm. it's good stuff I'm, I'm not i'm honestly it is so i was so surprised by the quality of the stuff that i saw
0: it's especially in insulting given that they make out as though they're Pushing women's wrestling now for the first time, and they mm. they're heralding back to some of the classic women's wrestlers like Trish and Lisa, but they don't seem to go much further than that. No,
1: and where is women's evolution this year? Huh? Exactly, you it's know, totally gone. I don't know. I, I it's kind just of...
0: a trend and a hashtag.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm a bit suspicious, and I think you know, looking back at classic women's wrestlers like this, I think it always shows the kind of the imperative how much more there is to do on behalf of that giant evil corporation that they need to do to, you know, ensure the legacy of of people like like Sherry and others, you know? How the fuck is Fabulous Moolah the name that comes to people's mind when they think of of women's wrestling from from earlier eras? Let's let's look at the fucking positives. Let's look at the fucking amazing women who are out there who are actually, you know, blazing a trail and not running a prostitution and slavery ring. Can we focus on them,
0: please? Please. Yeah. I would like that.
1: Now, Joe, this has been a very, very fun time talking about Sherry. Have you been enlightened? Have you enjoyed Sherry? Where did she rank up in your your lexicon of characters?
0: Totally up. I mean, I love Bobby Heenan, but Mm -hmm. Sherry takes that way more. I I just absolutely adore her. She's easily my favourite manager, I think. Yeah. Not even just favourite heel manager, just favourite manager. She's so good. The way she enhanced the talent that she was with while also putting herself over as a total star. Like she didn't sacrifice her own image to be like, look at these amazing wrestlers I'm with. Aren't they so fantastic? It's look at us. Mm. We're brilliant. We're chaotic and fantastic. And, just added so much to everything that she was a part of.
1: You couldn't even say that Bobby Heenan did that, really. No. Because Heenan, you know, when he had his stars, he had his stars. But oftentimes he would, you know... He'd
0: overshadow them in like that He'd overshadow
1: them. He couldn't help but do it. Dude. He managed so many people, I guess. But yeah, Sherry always, always elevated those that she was with. And I've had a fantastic time talking about her. I can only hope that someone on Pinterest or Instagram is going to do a series of sensational sherry makeup tutorials. because it, f- it feels like it's a look that could make its way back into the modern times.
0: Yeah,
1: We're ready for more sensational sherry makeup. And, and glitter needs needs to make a comeback, I Hell, think. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to announce our next episode. A very, very special episode indeed. I may have let slip with the research that I'm doing currently what this episode will be. But, Joe, I think our next episode may be the best episode there was, the best episode there is, and the best episode there ever will be, because we're going to be learning all about Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh! I'm
0: so excited for this. I don't know much about Bret Hart at all. Like, we did Owen first. Yeah. Which... You know, I'd heard of Bret Hart. I hadn't heard of Owen. So that was strange to me that we were doing Owen before Bret. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what the Montreal screw job is. I don't know if we'll be mentioning that at all.
1: Oh, we'll be talking about it. Don't worry.
0: But all I really know about Bret Hart is the several no more than several the dozens of tragic stories that you've told me while reading his autobiography while we're on holiday kevin started reading it and at first he was having quite a good jolly time he was going first right- three quarters yeah yeah you ran through him like nothing and then the stories started coming out and every so often you'd be like oh god oh i'd forgotten about that and oh jesus And inevitably, what had happened in any of these stories was someone had been thrown down some stairs. Yeah. It was upsetting.
1: Bad, bad things have happened. And there's a lot of, you know, it's unavoidable. There's a lot of anguish. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of upset with the career of Brad Hart. But I would not want to focus solely and entirely on the bad stuff about Bret because Bret Hart is unquestionably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest top guys and greatest champions of all time, a man who shouldered and carried the WWE through its most turbulent period. Many people, rightly in my opinion, say that had it not been for Bret Hart, there would not be a WWE to this day. Wow. And the wrestling business, I believe, owes Bret Hart a debt of gratitude that maybe can never be replayed. Some people Think he takes himself too seriously? That he was a whiner. Some people think that he is one of the most poorly treated and most maligned wrestlers of all time. The reality of the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. If you are a die-hard Bret Hart fan, or if you're someone who can't stand the sight of the Canadian sharpshooter, we want to hear from all of you. We are after match recommendations, your thoughts on Bret. The screw job and his career as a whole, how things turned out for Brett and his legacy. We want to know all about Brett the Hitman Hart. We probably won't spend too much time on his promos, let's be honest, but there's gonna be some great matches. And I'm happy to announce we'll be joined by a special guest <gasps> as the Attitude era podcast are being introduced to Bret Hart on season four for the first time ever. Master of beans and coffee himself, Adam the Hitman Bibla, will be here to talk about his journey as well with learning more about Bret Hart that's
0: so exciting and you know what else I'm excited for It's for people to see the fantastic artwork we've got here one of the best so 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 good maybe even better than the Sherry artwork I don't know it's just fantastic it's so
1: damn good I'm really excited for people to see it it will of course be up on the howtowrestling.com website where of course you can find links to all our previous episodes information about our Patreon etc don't forget to use the hashtag howtobrethart And folks, we've been on the old how-to wrestling journey for a few years now and now and then a wrestler or a topic comes up that is so important it's going to influence our opinions and Joel's journey as it relates to so many other characters in wrestling. So this is really going to be an important one. So let's really fucking put our heads together. Because I know this is why we're getting on some extra hands on deck here. And I need everyone's help. I didn't grow up with Bret Hart. And I don't want to sell Joe a false bill of goods. Let us know your thoughts on what the true nature of the hitman is. And we will be back at you with how to Bret Hart. Don't forget that hashtag very very soon. So, until next time, thank you everyone for your sensational tweets and messages about Sherry Martel, And we look forward to hearing your thoughts for our next episode, How To Bret Hart. Until then, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin.
0: And a goodbye from me,
1: Joe. And we'll see you next time on How To Wrestling.
0: See ya.